Today is Thursday, June 15th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. So today we talk about uh, Southern Baptist Convention shocks the world um, with a, a vote about Rick Warren, female pastors and things like that. Is iniquity synonymous with sin? Do they mean similar or the same thing? Then I try to get a heresy trifecta day going. Uh, we have a lull and our friend baptized um, who thinks you must cry tears of water out of your head to be saved, Bob the Unitarian, and some other dude that thinks, uh, well, I don't know what he thinks, um, try, to, try to get them to talk to each other. They're not really into it. And then we have uh, God is evil. Why did God do this? Why did God kill these people? So we talk about that. It's entertaining, though, and interesting. And, uh, you know, like most things, we try to point it back to the gospel. So people need prayer, that's for sure. Anyway, Enjoy the broadcast. Please share the links. Check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a teacup or something, coffee mug, support the broadcast. And you can also donate in the link and keep us going and on the air. We appreciate your support and catch you later. Cool story, bro. Yeah, this <laughs> this dude was, <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, well, he's a brother. And, blah, 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 blah. and I was like, bro, like, I'm telling you, you guys have the discernment of turnips. You know, this guy is, uh, he's not cool. Oh, they were like on board with him. Yeah, they were just treating him like you know he's he's a complete whack job, and they were treating him as if you know well he's a Christian brother he believes in the Trinity. And, oh, well, do uh, they not know the yet? Gospel? Like, have they probably found out in this short time, or they know his his stance? No, they don't. That's the problem. It's going to take them like three weeks. I was trying to save them like three weeks. <laughs> But it's going to take them like three weeks. Then they're finally going to figure out, like, man, there's something not right about this guy. And, uh, you know, I was just trying to, I just try to save people time, man. That's my, that's my whole thing. I'm just, I'm just a compassionate dude, you know, that has wow. a bit of discernment. That's just trying to save people a little bit of time before they leave heretics on their stage for three weeks and call them brothers and sisters and then realize, like, they don't know the gospel from a hole in the wall. <laughs> That being said, I did see a meme that was going around about like, uh, was it, <laughs> was that John Calvin, <laughs> uh, John MacArthur. And, uh, I, I guess he made this quote one time because he doesn't like, uh, oh gosh, I wish I could remember this stuff. It's like, he didn't like the, the world's music or the world's like, um, lighting. So he's like, turn on all the lights in the church and have a guy standing there with no music and just reading the Bible. I'm like, okay, well, I appreciate the sentiment, but I mean, you know, it doesn't mean like mood lighting is evil i mean maybe he thinks it does but i mean i i, I don't what are you saying on mood lighting chris like should should the church church be very bright or um you know is it all right to set some ambience i mean you know they didn't burn incense they didn't burn incense for no reason it's like if by that logic you just well well forget the incense like no no need to make things smell nice yeah i mean i think we should do more incense rather than turning off the lights but you know i, mean, I think turning off the lights, what's that I think I'm pro incense. Yeah. I mean, you know, Leviticus 16 and all. Um, but uh, I think that mood lighting is an emotional manipulation. Um, I think that modern worship attempts to manipulate non-Christians emotionally to make them feel like that they're part of the crowd. And I think that, uh, you know, like my, I, I talk about how my church is like one of the worst offenders. Like, seriously, my church is maybe the worst offender. My church should be like poster child for what not to do for worship. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I digress. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's emotional ma manipulation for some, but I mean, 
I don't know. I think I pretty have a pretty decent head on my shoulders. Um, I mean, I quite like it just oh, because you know, I don't like light. And I like, like I like I like I don't want to say I like the darkness, but I, I mean that, I that could I be think, interpreted the wrong. That, that could be interpreted the wrong way. For you. You but I mean, you know, I, I like low lights just in general. <laughs> like if if the you know when they talk about Bill Gates, like you know putting putting clouds in the atmosphere to like dim the sun, that's gonna like you know reduce crops and kill us all. Um, I mean, you know, I'm I'm like well, I mean, I kind of like less sunlight i mean i like that part of it i mean maybe not the rest of the stuff but i mean i like know. gray days yeah remember the matrix other like and it was us who scorched the sky and it was just all cloudy i'm like okay well you know forget the killer robots i mean i like the clouds right that hey like, April, welcome <laughs> that was like kind of dumb right because it's like hey we killed all of our crops on the surface to spite the machines that are using so inefficient solar power I mean, isn't that what atheists do every day? Like, you know, cut off their nose to spite their face about God. Oh, brought it back home. So, do you want a real spicy topic for today? I, I sure. So, do you know what just happened in the Southern Baptist Convention yesterday? No, I do not. I saw something oh, about it's... Rick Warren. Yes, Mr. Oh. Ramon. So, he's so, already been kicked out, right? Previous yeah. Okay, so, so what happened? So the, he was provisionally kicked out, and then there were the the executive committee was scheming, thinking that Rick Warren was still wildly popular, and that they would hold a vote in order to instantiate lady pastors in the SBC by the vote to reinstate Rick Warren's church, which used to be the largest Southern Baptist church. So this was the this was the ploy, right? This is the gambit, and then the. <laughs> The, the messengers, the, the the delegates, you know, like they call them messengers in the Southern Baptist Convention, they voted 80 to 20 to kick out Rick Warren, like the total opposite of what they expected. They expected the vote to go the exact opposite <sighs> way. Wait, so that means there's still going to be division because those 20 people were probably going to cause trouble now, right? Well, I mean, that was, there's tens of thousands of people that go to the Southern Baptist Convention. So, um... So yeah, so like, <laughs> so they were completely shocked. And then um, another guy, Mike Law, introduced a an amendment that basically says it's a it's an amendment to the what's called the Baptist Faith and Message, which is the the document that all Southern Baptists use to govern their churches. And um, and that one passed 80-20 as well. That basically said there's no such thing as women pastors. Pastorate is reserved only for men for any position in the church. And people are losing their minds. Wait, so it wasn't widely already accepted that the biblical requirements for pastors are a dude, among other things? Like that that was a really contentious topic? Like that wasn't widely already Yeah known and it, it was not widely accepted already well so it was widely accepted among the laity and the people who go to southern baptist churches but the elites in the southern baptist convention you know it's all about the elites oh isn't that how it always is it is so the elites were like no this is dumb they're a bunch of hayseeds and rick warren didn't help himself because he went on podcasts during the convention basically calling all southern baptist a bunch of ignorant hicks and morons he sounded a lot like me <laughs> do you see why you may need to change your ways? 
Rick Warren is is really making me rethink my tactics. Right? Oh, see, God using evil for good. What the enemy meant for evil, God's using for good. Yeah, I need to be more winsome. I don't really know if I can spell winsome, but I'm going to start trying. You should change it to your first uh, name, like the Lieutenant Governor. Winsome Chris Ross. Winsome, winsome, winsome Chris Ross. Oh, I should change it to that. People are going to be like, what? Like, wait, what? Oh, that's funny. That is funny. Yeah, so like Southern Baptist Convention shocks the world by going the exact opposite way. I mean, everybody thought that they were going to just ignorantly put Rick Warren back in and have lady pastors and it would be the slow roll like the Methodists to wow, uh, that would have been, yeah, rainbow that would have flags. Been, that would have been huge if, if they would have went the other way. I mean, that would have been like another denomination that, you know, just chalk one up to the fires. Yep. Yeah. So, um, Chris Winsome Victoria says. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So that was quite shocking. And then the executive, the elites, they put in their own little poison pill. Um, but people know about it now, and um, so they're they have to wait till next convention to vote down the poison pill. The executive committee put it back in. Goodness, that's so. that's like almost as bad as the. Um, hey, Ramon, we'll get to you in just a second. Welcome. Um, that's almost as bad as like this this meme. This, I guess, serious pastor was sharing. Um, it, it was it was basically talking about like how the stuff the Bible calls sin. You know, during this month, we're all doomed to suffer through. We're about halfway through now. Um, is is all bad and antiquated and it's not really like that so it uses like biblical reference and just torches them tortures them so it's talking about how um like it says i you know god god commanded the moabites you know to be wiped out and blah 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 and then like showing some like very very loose bible bible scripture and how it got better or like how you know like rahab was was it moabite rahab was or whatever rahab was Ruth. it's like the Ruth, my bad, yeah. Like, these people were evil and blah, blah, blah. But look, there was a good one. And Jesus tells the story of the Samaritans. You know how everyone hated Samaritans, but oh, there was a good one. And it had, like, five or six examples of stuff like that. And, like, you know how Uz, the kingdom of Uz was bad, but Job was righteous. And then it's like, this is uh, this is our time now. And it's like, you know, all the LGBT people, like, um, you know, once they were once they were hated, now it's time to be loving because they're righteous. I'm like, whoa. And it's just like huge, like comment wars, like thousands of threads back and forth on Facebook. I'm like, I can't even get involved in that. I'll just mention it here. Let you guys take it. But yeah, it's kind of like a worse version of that, like the SBC thing. Yeah, I mean, it was quite shocking. I mean, like politically shocking, you know, it was just like, I mean, no one expected this result. And so... This is, this was, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this was definitely supernatural intervention because. Oh, wow. Chris, so much is changing. You're going to change your name. You're rethinking your tactics. You're believing in the supernatural. Uh, Hey, do I say Raymond, Raman, Raman? How do I say your name? Raymond, Raman. You know him. He comes here every day. I know him, but I am, I never know how to pronounce his name. (laughs) What's up? What's up, Romo? No, I'm. Chris, this is such motivating news, honestly. I feel like I, since we guys started off the conversation with the oneness cult and all these heretics, you guys are 
talking to on Clubhouse, and sometimes you lose a little bit of faith and sanity. It's like, what, what what's going on here? But yeah, I did see um, the Southern Baptist Convention, and I do believe God works through the church, and this is just the step of the church repenting and getting back to a semblance of normalcy. Um, I go to a non-denominational church, so please don't burn me at a stake. I do. So does Chris. So do I. So does Nate. All of no. us do. <laughs> oh, oh, you do as well. Okay. But, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, I, I'm not going to say heretical because these are brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, but Tim Keller, for example, a lot of people say he mixes the social justice gospel with the actual gospel and you know, there, there, there's a lot of debates with how how much should you be just focusing because you have gospel centered churches and then you have churches that are reformed that focus more on the five solas. So my non-denominational church, right? Like I, I feel like I have to, uh, they, they have to apologize for being white sometimes. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but they, they're so focused on an aspect of the gospel, you know, the social justice gospel, that they kind of lose sight on the true reality of, or holistically, what what Christ really means. So it, it's really nice to see denominations stepping up, taking a step back, really analyzing what what are what are we doing? Are, are we going to allow someone like Rick Warren, who wants to ordain female pastors, to be among our ranks? So honestly, this is motivated, and it really shows you that God is working through His church. It's almost like the gates of hell will not prevail. Amen. But that's a that's a whole other kettle of fish. Um, hey, Rabbi, I see you down there, buddy. Um, hey, Rabbi. So I've been doing a deep study on Leviticus 16. I got lots of questions whenever you have a little bit of time, but probably now is not the right time. Yes, hello and welcome. So, so what like type of, um, if you go to a non-denomination, are they primarily Wesleyans, Armenians? No, we're broadly right. reformed. <laughs> broadly reformed, okay. Yeah, so I mean, um, you know, our pastor went to RTS, like, yeah, John Frame and R.C. Sproul as professors. So, you know, you can imagine how that goes. Mine is not that way. Mine is more, uh, you can say Wesleyan, but it's more like just not Chris's. <laughs> it's okay. You're, the new Calvinist Nate is going to emerge from his cocoon. and He's going to, he's going to, spread his Calvinist wings like a beautiful butterfly and fly off into the distance and take his family in his, uh, in his little butterfly clutch and, and take them to a reformed what the church. Heck? It's going to be so glorious, Nate. And, uh, yeah, so yes, I was, I got, a, I got a word of knowledge this morning and that's what it said. Oh my gosh. How weird is it going to be if I go like super hard Calvinists and you end up like talking in tongues and like prophesying and swinging from chandeliers and like playing with snakes and poison. Anything's possible. I don't know if you yeah. 
want that to be possible. <laughs> I, I, I've said, right? Uh, I've said uh, I would be a six-point Calvinist if I could. But uh, have you guys heard of Reformed Pentecostal churches? Yeah. Mm, no. Are, are those? Uh, I was looking it up. I'm like, yeah, there's some real famous ones. Really? Okay. Yeah. Like, you ever heard of Sam Storms? No. Like Sam Storms is like, like let's put it this way. You know Brian Dempsey. Do you know who that is? No, maybe I'm, not. Maybe I'm a new. Been... I'm a new. So Brian Dempsey is one of one of my best friends on the app. It's like Nate and Steph and Brian and a few other folks. And Lou down there and and Rabbi um, Vic. Like they're all my best friends. And you know Daniel and brother and those guys too. But uh, I'm not don't want to leave anybody out. It's like an Oscar speech. Um, but, uh, <laughs> right. But, um, so Brian is really, really smart and he's very well read and, uh, he really knows his reformed theology. And one of the guys that he reads is a theologian named Sam Storms. Sam Storms is a charismatic Calvinist and, um, he's a pretty interesting dude. And so, <clears throat> um, Brian really loves Sam Storms. So if that gives you any idea, like some charismatics can be very solid. And then, you know, Matt Slick, right? Yes. Matt Slick is a, is a charismatic as well. Oh, okay. And of course, you know, we have our, you know, newly minted butterfly, Nate, and, oh, uh, you know, and, and he's a charismatic Calvinist as well. So there you go. I don't even know if you call me charismatic. <laughs> I mean, aside my natural just demeanor. <laughs> oh, great. Great, uh, Rabbi. That doesn't make me feel better if everybody has questions about Leviticus 16. So I guess, I guess, uh you and me and a couple of volumes of Talmud are going to be in order at some point. Ooh, that sounds fun for you guys. <laughs> I would actually love oh, he, that. You can't bring up the Talmud. Come on. That's anti-Semitic. Very funny. So I wasn't here super long yesterday. What else did you, did you guys do throughout your days in clubhouse? I pretty much stick here, man. Like I haven't been doing much. I might do a room on the on the SBC thing later today, just to see what kind of dumpster fire it turns into. <laughs> to go, I have to go see a client about forty five minutes from my house this morning around ten. So I'll definitely be busy then. But after that, I'm pretty much free. I'm just uh, programming a phone system, which I can do that while I talk on Clubhouse. Did they break something else? No, one of my, actually my church, um, our, we have a counseling center. We have a very large counseling center and they have their own phone system for the counseling center. And the lady who's in charge is awesome. She's really cool. And her name is Lauren. And she, uh, she decided that she wanted to change the entire, how the entire auto attended on the phone system works, which means re-recording a bunch of voice clips. And so this lady, she's like super type A. She learned how to use GarageBand 
and she recorded them herself. And I was like, super <laughs> impressed. I was like, dude, yes. All the yes. Thank you. I wanted to change my uh, profile picture to how they take the, uh, I don't even know what to call it now, the LGBT with the transgender corner and how they like, you know, put four of them together and it makes the Nazi symbol. I wanted to change that, but I thought, you know, I'll definitely get banned for that. So I didn't do it. But I mean, seriously, do pe- are, are we being punked? Like, how do, how does it even happen? Is this just, this is not just like honest coincidences. Like someone has to know exactly what they're doing, right? Like that doesn't just happen. And we're yeah, I mean, working on the new design right now. You know, it, it, it's been their aim since 2008, right? They, they said, oh, we're, we're just going to get married. It's, it's just about gay marriage. Don't don't worry about it. And now, you know, fast forward to 2023, you have the LGBTQIA, ST, whatever, right? So, um, it, you know, they, they called it what? They called it the slippery, slippery slope fallacy, right? Um. I, I don't believe we we were wrong in raising the alarm. I don't know. You you tell me. I don't know, Chris. Were you wrong? Was I wrong about what? Sorry, I was looking something up. What Raman said, the slippery slope. Oh, like a slippery slope fallacy. No, I mean, I think that's borne out to be true. In fact, there was just a Supreme Court ruling where, like I think about a month ago, where the, I can't remember which one, if it was Gorsuch or Thomas, pointed out that basically like all of their warnings about what would happen absolutely came true. (laughs) So it wasn't Gorsuch, it had to be Thomas, because he was on the court when Bergefeld um, came down and basically he was just he was taking a victory lap about like by the way I was right let's see oh perfect perfect conservatives exchanging ignorant random bigoted comments yeah, um, that's just a leany if, if love is love though like seriously like and you can't point it out because no one cares all you get is just like a a mouthful of rage at you if you point it out so no one cares it's falling on deaf ears but you know whenever they're love is love and why are you christians so full of hate except they don't say it like that like they don't say it from a victimized standpoint they don't it's not like they're like you christians are so mean and hateful and ah we're so persecuted and all we want to do is just you know live our lives like it's never like that they talk about how, quote, hateful and bigoted Christians are when Christians are like, oh, bro, we just disagree. Like, do what you want. It's your life. Have your lifestyle. Like, you know, just don't leave me and mine alone and do you do you. Um, they're like, that's so hateful. That's so hateful. And the way they say it is like, you know, very angry, vitriolic protests in your face, yelling and screaming at you. Very hateful, one may say. So, um, and no one knows this. The irony is completely lost. So, I mean, you can't point this out to anyone that it will make a difference with. So while they're screaming love and tolerance, they're screaming it in your face um, super ing- aggressively. And, you know, not, not all of them, but, you know, the, the loud vocal ones. I like to think, uh, you know, maybe Zelini would be in that group. 
like in like leather and chains, like, you know, yelling, like how bigoted we are and how much we hate them while he's like beating us with boards. It's like, you're so full of hate. We love, we love while he's like, you know, hammering us like, you know, with nails and stuff. Is that just a weird visual I have? No, I agree with it. And, and Chris, please correct me if I'm wrong. In John 4, this is the chapter that liberals love or liberal Christians and atheists, they all love to bring up. God is love. But I learned yesterday that the Greek word is agape, and it does not mean unconditional love. Or or the ways used throughout scripture does not mean unconditional. It does not mean love, you know, in the in the sense of free free love, right? Um, the love is some in some sense o- obedience, obedience, right? Like a parental love, right? So crazy. Correct me if I'm wrong, but agape does not mean what these people believe it is. It's not this unconditional love, free love, just like you have for you know your homosexual partner. Well, agape is just a oh, yeah, that's... Greek word. I mean, it's just all it means is like selfless love um, in the Greek sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not open-ended at all, though. Like, you know, God does not love sin. I mean, you know, humans love sin. Right. <laughs> and God does not love sin. So, I mean, it doesn't mean like, oh, I love sin. Like, you know, we can go head deep in sin. But like, I love sin so much. That's not good. God doesn't love that. So, so no, it's not open-ended. Like, you can't love the things God specifically hates and calls abominable and then be like, love is love, love is love. That does not work that way. So, what's up, Tommy? What's up, Nate? How you doing, Chris? Mister, I got a question. What's up? Check this out. Hey, you know, you, you, you do know the Bible does say Christ learned obedience. Chapter and verse? Uh, you don't know it, or you just want it? Wait, you're asking a question. You don't know it. I'm I'm wondering if you're talking about the one where it says like Christ grew in stature and like learned stuff. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's what you're talking about because you know, yeah, yeah the I, I believe you used is certainly oh. not in the Bible. So I'm wondering well, if that's what you're talking about. Uh, learned obedience. It's not what it says. Yeah, through suffering. That's not what it says. Which yeah, is what, why I asked and, for chapter and verse. Where, okay, probably Hebrews five and eight. Because if it's not Probably. what it says, then Probably. we might have a, yeah. oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it's what it the Bible, pretty sure it's what the Bible. Right. Well, we'll find out real quick. Hebrews chapter five, verse eight. Yep. Here we go. So right. let's back up and read the context. Um, let's see. Hebrews 5, 7, he in the days of his flesh offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. So now who are we talking about here? So this is, this is talking about Jesus. Okay. So it's good. We're just doing, we're going to go do good exegesis here. Um, Offered uh, in the days of his flesh, offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reference. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. Now let's find out what this word is. Compliance, submissiveness, submission. So what this is talking about here is a... Uh, 
submission to the Father, right? So what we talk about is the eternal sonship of Christ, and we talk about um, the form of a servant that he took on. So that's what this is talking about, the things from which he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him, having been made complete, to right? to fully execute or discharge. So not perfect in the sense of sinless, because he was already that. It's perfect in the sense of him um, having finished his work. He became to all who those who obey him the source of eternal salvation, being designated by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And again, this is this is showing how theologically Jesus is uh, a high priest for us, but because he was not Cohen, right? And Rabbi's gonna help me with my pronunciation, I'm sure. Um, he was not of the tribe of Levi, then he couldn't officially be a high priest in the temple um, because he was not a son of Aaron. He was from the tribe of Judah. And so this is how he is able to be a high priest because he is not a high priest in the order of Levi, according to the Mosaic law. He is a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Yeah, before you get in, yeah, before you get into all that, and I, and I, I completely agree with you. I just really wanted to highlight the part where it says he, he learned obedience through his suffering. Right. So what? So what's your point? Are you trying to say that he he was not sinless and that he had to learn obedience through suffering, or are you saying that he came down as a suffering servant? and submitted himself to the will of the Father, because those are two wholly and completely different things. Uh, yeah, well, what, what I'm trying, what I'm saying is, I do believe that uh, if you learned obedience, there could be a possibility that in order for you to learn disobedience, you have to experience, you have to, in order for you to learn obedience, you have to experience disobedience no so yeah so that's not what that says so this is no 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 wait 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 because i think there's a misinterpretation i'm not saying that that's what that text said oh okay no no i'm not saying that i'm saying what the text said that he learned obedience i'm just logically speaking far as a person who had to learn obedience it often came through disobedience which right. usually brought some type of suffering whether the con whether in consequences that i thought i could bear or consequences that were i thought were sufficient for me or not they often produce some type of suffering nevertheless so, it was through an experience of diso being disobedient so you're saying that christ was disobedient or not no i'm not saying that what I am saying is saying? I do believe I I am saying what I do believe uh, um I do believe that Christ in order to be a man had to bear iniquity. Ah, so he did he was disobedient. Uh it depends on how you would say disobedient because I mean you well, could say he was disobedient. Iniquity is sin, right? Well, so well no, I don't, no, no, iniquity. I don't believe iniquity is sin. <clears throat> Oh, one of those. Okay. Right. So there's a semantic range of hamartia, right? Um, and there's a couple of different words for sin. 
And what you have to understand is it doesn't matter what you believe, it matters what the biblical authors believed. And the biblical authors did not have a difference between the idea of sin and the idea of iniquity. There was no difference. And so sin and iniquity are synonyms. They are not different words. And the biblical authors instantiated that throughout the scripture. So let me ask you this. By biblical authors, are you saying the people who wrote the scripture? Yep. Okay, that's weird because far as I'm concerned, the scriptures were inspired by the spirit of the Lord. And so people wrote the Bible, but... I do believe that the proper interpretation would not come from a man. Just so the biblical authors, the biblical authors were inspired by the Holy Spirit, and right. what they were writing was the inspired Word of God, and we believe that for uh, the the Tanakh as well as the the New Testament. Right. Um, but and but so the, fact that, the biblical the fact authors that you... read each other and referenced each other. And so the way in which they read the the Torah and the way in which they read the, the rest of the Tanakh um, is the way in which we should read it. Okay. And so are you suggesting and, and there that? can be are you suggesting that? Like far as No, like, I'm that's saying that is the believe? rule. No, oh, that wait, is the wait. rule. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought we I thought I I'm sorry, I got I got two different rules in the Bible that I scripturally base how I read the scriptures. And understand and interpret the scriptures. What are those? What are those, uh, what are those rules? That's, that's that's one of the scriptures in James. Another one is in Proverbs. The first one is in uh, Proverbs. It says, "Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge God." That is that for me. That also includes interpreting the scripture or ex- or properly, uh, rightly dividing the word. Right. That's, 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 that's okay. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Hold on. Let me finish. My other one. My other. The other go-to scripture that I use to elaborate and expound and understand the scripture from the perspective of the heart of God is: If anybody is in James, is anybody lack wisdom, let them ask of God, who give it, who freely gives it, and upbraid of not. So. I'm going to be honest, bro. You can say iniquity and sin have been uh, established through the through the authors of the Bible that they are the same. But to conflate iniquity and sin as the same would be a complete misinterpretation. Right. Of so the tell us tell us the, diff- the substantive difference between iniquity and sin. The difference between iniquity and sin is sin is the act of wickedness. Iniquity is the thought of wickedness. God both judges it the same. He judges sin the same as iniquity. He judges iniquity the same as sin because both of them equate to evil. Both of them equal evil. Both of them manifest wickedness and unrighteousness. However, sin is the act. Iniquity is the thought. Right. So when Jesus says something like, you have heard it said, do not commit adultery. But if you look with a woman with lust in your heart, you have already committed adultery. Is he lying? No, he's not lying. What he's doing is he's he's not only is he not only is he condemning the sin, don't do it. But he's also condemning the thought. If you find it in your heart, well, you you look upon a woman and you lust after her in your heart. You've already committed adultery. You don't even have to you don't even have to go and physically the act. You don't even have to do the act because you thought about it. 
And because so, you actually, yeah, see, Nick. So you're making my argument for me. So there's no difference between sin and iniquity then. No, that's where you're wrong. And I just told you the difference between the differences between the thought and the act. That's the dis- right. I'm, I'm, not, ma- I'm not making your, I'm not making your argument clear at all. Hang, hang I'm on, actually what? destroying. Okay, you've talked enough. Let's go. Let's go all the way back before you continue to dis- before you keep destroying him. I don't know how much more you can take, so you know I don't want this violence on my stage because you're being destroyed. But you you talked about you know how your rules for reading the Bible. Sure, great. We'll say the same thing, and we'll say like your rules. Like that's exactly how the the people who wrote the scriptures were doing that. Like they were being inspired by God. They were being led by the Holy Spirit to write these, and that's how we try to interpret them. So then, if you say, oh well, that's also how you do it, but you come up with a wildly different interpretation, then it seems the authors who followed the same rules being inspired by god did well then one of you is wrong and if i have to pick i'm going with the biblical authors who mm-hmm. are not insane yeah that's weird, uh, good morning but cool. okay hey michael what's up good morning um it, uh, it's interesting um so you know I, as a true outsider um well, it, it is unfortunate that that uh, brother, you you were actually making Chris's case for him when you said that that God judges um, the the thought. So before before that, you said the difference was thought and action, and then you said God judges the thought, and then Chris referenced a Bible verse that said that. Um, and, and then the other thing that I, I that I find interesting is 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 yeah, I'm I'm familiar with the with the verse that talks about don't not in your understanding. I don't exactly remember. I think it's in Isaiah something. Where, where the Bible also says, come, let us reason together. So you're supposed to use your brain when, when, you're, when you're looking at the stuff, right? So it, it's, you know, anyway, I find that interesting. No, no, what I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'm, not against, I'm not against you using your head. No, I don't have a problem with that. You suppose that, I mean, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. I'm not saying you can't have any knowledge or information on the scripture, but let's just be honest. Don't think just because you have information on the scripture, you're supposed to have a perfect interpretation from a scripture that's literally inspired by spirit. No, it doesn't work like that. No one is saying. That. Oh yeah, I, I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying it's perfect. And and I'm an atheist. No, but a lot of people believe yeah. that though. Like, yeah, you, like, no, like yeah. a lot of people will literally go to their information or how they were taught the scriptures to understand the scriptures or whatever they can Google about the scriptures instead of actually going into the presence of the Lord and just asking God and learning the scriptures through faith. They don't think it's possible to do that, but it's very- right. Because it's not, because that's not what John 16 All right, bro. Said. Listen, listen, you said it's not possible to learn the scriptures through faith, but this is weird. It's hard yeah. for me to even understand how you can say that. It's hard for me to understand how you can say that well, as a son of God. Been, Hold on, let me finish. Let me finish, bro. Please don't cut me off. And I'm trying bro. to help you. Whoa, bro. You keep saying it's hard for you to understand, but you won't shut up two seconds. Maybe that's why it's hard to understand. Oh, so you're you biased. You will let him cut me off, Nate. Uh, yes, you're very obnoxious, and it's very early. So this is why, I, I mean, a Bible's great, but you don't need a Bible to realize you don't understand because you won't listen. So try again, be a little less obnoxious, and um, good Lord. So I just posted <laughs> in the chat an article that talks about what I was talking about and how the biblical authors use different words um, to describe the same concept of sin. And so... Um, there's sin and transgression and iniquity. And so this article that I posted describes all of those words and how they're used in the scripture and how the biblical authors use them. Um, and another thing, one of my pet peeves is people that think that they can be, it's me and my Bible under a tree. 
um, and the Holy Spirit is going to reveal his truth to me. That is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible adamantly teaches the opposite, that you must be under the authority of teaching elders, that those men of God <clears throat> are to teach you, um, and that the interpretations that we get from the scripture, and again, we just had last night our 11th session on basic hermeneutics, living by, pardon me, living by the book by Howard G. Hendricks. Um, and our last session is going to be the 12th session next Wednesday. But, you know, we use the art and science of hermeneutics to read every type of literature, every type of just writing. And uh, we apply the same rules to a math textbook and to a science textbook and to an Ikea manual that we apply to the scripture. And that is the way that God laid it out in written communication. And so for somebody to say that they're getting supernatural interpretations, um, a la John 16, when they don't even know what that means, um, that the spirit will lead you into all truth, we could exegete that scripture <clears throat> to teach you that God does not supernaturally reveal the interpretation of his word to you. You have to, like the Bereans, you have to search the scriptures and learn them diligently. And, uh, you know, that's, well, that's off my side. He, he sounds Chris, like Chris, it's kind I gotta, of I got to call you out for one thing, Chris, because if there is a Satan, he wrote every uh, Ikea manual. Um, oh, that's probably true. Yeah. They're terrible. I mean, um, I agree with that, Mike. Yeah, but but there's also I don't think there's a ton of controversy in in looking at like some of these words and just seeing them as as synonyms, right? You know, like and 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 again, like depending on how you're going to interpret it. But if you want to, you know, look at you know, I mean, I can understand from a Christian perspective where sin and iniquity will be looked at as synonyms. I don't exactly see them quite as parallels, but. But but of course that that's you know that does come in from a from a filthy heathen's perspective right so but but I certainly understand from a like from a Christian perspective how you how you would look at a bunch of those words as synonyms. Yeah, personally, I am tired. I am tired. The Pentecostals. I am tired. You know, and I, I've been praying a lot. Like God, please put in my heart the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, kindness, patience. Because on Clubhouse, man, it, it's a little bit hard. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. If, if I could, mate, I, I do want to read something. It is from uh, Reverend James Smith. It's a daily remembrance. And it's talking about Jesus. I, I believe this is really fruitful to what we've been dealing with on Clubhouse, having to rebuke a lot of the heretical oneness Pentecostals, for example. Um, Jesus does not approve of your being in an agitated, complex, comfortable state. He wishes to see you steady, holy, and happy. He forbids your fear. He commends your faith. As he is with you, as he is engaged for you, you should leave your concern very much for him. So we should bid our trust in him. We should follow him because what he brings is perfect peace, perfect tranquility, perfect um, obedience, 
So with the Lord we have everlasting strength. Let nothing trouble you, for your souls are in the hands of Jesus. Your life is hid with Christ and God. Your times are at God's disposal. And all things are working together for your good. So this morning, you know, I, I just want to put that out there. Um, let the Holy Spirit fill this clubhouse room. Let the Holy Spirit lead us in conversation. And I, I just pray we can have a fruitful conversation. Well, sure. On that note, let's, um, let's test that theory. Uh, Sebastian, what's up? Well, everything is wonderful. Happening perfectly. Well, I was just enjoying every moment, but I don't, I don't see anything to ask at all, because everything is perfectly functioning the way it is required. That's quite comfortable being what I am. Okay, uh, CEO, what's up? Um, good morning. Um, sorry to have a similar response to Sebastian. I'll, I'll wait to one for one. <laughs> All right, Michael, what's going to pop up? Do you need me to throw a heretic bomb? No, 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 please. <laughs> no, please no, Michael. <laughs> is is no. it like a bath bomb, like bath salts, or is it like a smooth, subtle heresy? So, okay, on the topic of soap, here's a tangent change for you. Um, so my wife has this obsession with Bath and Body Works, and I can't stand it because it's like – Every soap is that like I like I grew up on ivory soap, super simple, right? And every soap in our house, with the exception of my bar of ivory in the shower, is is this foaming crap. And it, does it bug anybody else? It, it bugs me. I hate it. I don't like the foaming stuff. Uh, yeah, my wife does that too. And yeah, I grew up on like yesterday. Um, we or no, two days ago, we like went out and there's this new soap company that just opened where we are, a soap company. Um. It's like Bath and Body, but it's like a small, like, mon boutique store. But, yeah, we spent, like, $70 on a couple bars of soap. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, all right, enjoy this. Like, from, from here on in, we're doing, like, $1.99 Irish Spring. I'm like, enjoy this, like, while it lasts. Like, I'm, I'm like, it's insane. Like, 12 bucks for a bar of soap? Come on. Well, see, I can't complain too much because if I had my wife's salary, I'd burn mine. Uh, so, I mean, she can spend the money on what she wants, but, um, but, but yeah, I just, I just don't like, I mean, she, she loves the stuff and I just, I carry around a bar of ivory soap in my pocket and that's just what I use everywhere. Oh, I do have something for Michael. Um, oh, so, here we go. Yeah. So, so Michael, I, I, I had to leave early yesterday, but we were talking about this, um, this study that said that people are predisposed to believe in God. And you said we'd have to have like an isolated person. To test that, but I think we have had that. We have cultures all around the world, um, very different parts of the world, and you know they've they've all believed in God, like uh, you know somewhere within that culture. So I want to just come back to that. I think that having a propensity to believe in God could serve as you cut out there a little bit, but um, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Baha'i. Uh, so the uh, the Baha'i is a, a tribe, I, I believe it's from uh, near French Polynesia. And in their language, they don't even have a word for God. So there would be one exception to that.
Oh yeah, see you. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're gonna have. Yeah, nope, not gonna work. Uh, come back. Yeah, he's in Try the again when you have a better internet. <clears throat> he's on the he's on the deep end of the the, the matrix. Well, in the interim, let's see what Abba has to say. What's up? Welcome. Good morning. Good morning, Michael. I don't know what group you were talking about, but the Baha'i religion, if that's what you were talking about, is from is from Iran in like the middle, from the middle of the 18th century, uh, of the 19th century, I believe, right? The Baha'u'llah um, sort of made a combination, Abrahamic, wide-based, monotheistic, pluralistic religion. I don't know if that's the group you were talking about. Oh, I, oh, oh, I, I could have, I could have royally messed the name up. Um, that's why I'm trying to look it up right now. Cause yeah, you, you could, you could well be right. And I could have totally botched the name. No, there. I mean, there could be two different groups with similar names. I have no idea. All right. So, was that your bath bomb heresy, or was there uh, something else somewhere else? Yeah, take us, Michael. Uh, I expected to be a little bit more upset, but come on, Michael. See, I would expect I would expect the Trinitarians to like the foaming stuff because it changes forms, right? It's liquid to start, and then you pump it, it becomes a different thing, and then when you rinse it off, it becomes a different thing. I would think that would be, Trinitarians should not use bar soap, you should use foaming soap. Hmm. <laughs> so Abba, are, are Jewish people dualitarians? Because they do believe in the Holy Spirit aspect. I mean, not in the same way. No, I, I, not really in the same way. Yeah, Abba, I haven't talked to you before. Are, are you a strict materialist or are you a naturalist? Do you not believe? Um, I'm not sure what type of literature you stick to when it comes to um, divine revelation. Uh, do you believe in the Torah? Do you believe in Moses? Well, that's in, that's interesting. You're asking questions, Ramon, because typically in the chat you think you know everything about me. So I appreciate you asking questions now. Ooh, this will uh, be fun. Let me get my popcorn. Uh, I don't really understand what you're asking. Could you try to rephrase the question? I, I'll yeah. share my popcorn with you, Nate. Bob, leave some for me too. But Abba, no, I'm just yeah. I'll going. pop another bag if I need to. Yes, I appreciate it. No, Abba, I'm just asking. Do you follow rabbinical Judaism? Like, what, what, where are you coming from? Yeah, the entire Jewish world today, the recognized mainstream normative Jewish world, is all rabbinic. Okay, that's fair. So. Rabbinical Jews, right? Do they subscribe to a strict materialist interpretation of the Torah, the Tanakh, or how do they go about describing, for example, the Red Seas, the part in the Red Seas, or do you take it more metaphorically, or how do you go about interpreting that? Well, first well, first of all, I don't think materialist interpretation of a text makes any sense terminologically. But if you're meaning literally, right, 
Um, I would say that Jewish tradition takes the text seriously, which means sometimes we read more closely to the text. And sometimes because we've done the close reading, we understand that um, and we understand the genres and all kinds of things we might read more metaphorically. Um, it's all sort of dependent on the text, um, its context, um, its particular words. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes we interpret metaphorically. Sometimes it's more literal. Um, I wouldn't say there's like a hard and fast rule about when it's one and when it's the other. I mean... I suppose we could do an exhaustive search in like rabbinic interpretation to try to figure out when they're doing one and when they're doing the other. Um, I would say also, by the way, I think even the literalists, the, the, the Protestant folks will tell you that they're just reading the words of the text. They're also doing an interpretive, right? That choice is also interpretive, right? Yeah. So I just am not sure that, I'm just not sure that anybody who takes the text seriously Hey, uh, Abba, I just want to say you were sure, right. Yeah. I actually found... Uh, oh, I apologize. Go ahead. Oh, no, Mike, Michael, you can go ahead. Um, Abba, I appreciate you clarifying some of the stuff I misinterpreted. So if I did misinterpret um, some of the rabbinical stuff, I do apologize. Michael doesn't take the text seriously, I can assure you. Of course I don't. It's like a comic book. But anyway, Abba, what I was going to say is, uh, yeah, you were totally right about the Baha'i. I had the name wrong. Uh, and I can't get to the, the, the name of the tribe in Brazil. That's always wrong. Uh, is behind a paywall on Quora that I can't get to. But according to the article that I found online, uh, there, was a, there was a civilization discovered not too many years ago in Brazil. Uh, and when they, when they basically worked out the, the languages, they, they didn't have a name. They didn't have a word for God in their language. But again, it's behind a paywall that I can't seem to get past without giving my credit card, which I'm not going to do. Well, would it be a good moral atheist thing to just go ahead and pay? <laughs> well, yeah, I would, but yeah, you I don't. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm I'm not interested in. in it's like fourteen ninety nine for me to read oh. a paragraph. Boy, that's rough. Listen, if you gonna listen to him and believe he knows what he's talking about, we don't have to get serious. M Michael, what's the name of the culture again? Goodbye. Yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. So, so the article that I, there was only a snippet. And I found it on Quora, uh, Q U O A uh, Q U O R A, but it's behind a paywall. And all it says is there a tribe in Brazil discovered not too many years ago. That's all I could find. But I would, yeah, like I'd fully admit I was wrong about the whole. I thought it was Baha'i. I was wrong. And so is your whole thing like there, like like what is your whole point? Like, does someone need to have a word for God to like? realize there's something bigger than themselves or like what's your whole point like they don't have a word for god therefore oh, not everyone question. knows instinctively there is a god oh no what I was so you don't have to, to have a just, yeah no what i was trying to do is just kind of respond to what ceo had said is that every culture seems to worship a god and i was pointing out that no that there there are some that there are some that don't even they don't even have a, a word for that okay in so their, in their point, language to, to, anal to analyze this properly we i mean someone's going to have to fork up the 14 bucks so we can actually get the name of these people and then find out if they do have some sort of system of worship. And what if like they, the, the great all father or something like that is like, so, so revered that they, they won't even assign a name to it. 
um, or if they legitimately don't have a word for God, but they, they worship something or they do something that us, that we would say, oh yeah, they're totally worshiping a God. They just don't call it that and they don't know what they're doing. But yeah, like as an outlooker, we totally see uh, they're doing something very similar to what we would say is worshiping a God. Um, we would really need to research that for the low, low price of 14 bucks. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and if, and if that the specific, turns out to be the case, then hey, cheerfully I found it. Found it. Is it. Oh, cool. You don't need a specific tribe. Like, you have that categorization of, like, development of religion in anthropology, which says that, like, uh, it's assumed, at least, that uh, early humans were mostly animist, and then they developed into polytheism, which developed into monotheism. And the, the animist type of belief, which is present in many, many, like, tribes and societies around the world, usually isn't considered theistic. Because like the the supernatural beings that they talk about don't have a, the characteristics of deities, even in a like a polytheistic setting, you know, like the ancient Greeks are gonna have Zeus and Poseidon, which you know everyone is gonna call gods, like they have these, these huge powers over the, some parts of the cosmos, etc. But in a lot of these societies, like the spirits that they talk about, like they're basically the same as ancestors ghosts something like that and they're like you know spirit of a river spirit of a tree and stuff like that the spirit of an animal but there's nothing larger than that so that's usually taken to be like a non-theistic society but when it comes to like the anthropology right people don't worship a god that doesn't do anything for them right and and this is where i kind of split with a lot of um atheists or agnostics like you, you you can show me these civilizations from the past that you, you can kind of technically say they didn't worship a, a god or a deity but at, at the same time right they still have some sort of connection to the supernatural they have naturalistic gods for example like they make gods out of coconuts or watermelons right they have a coconut god right so what I'm confused about is where where is that disconnect between you're essentially worshiping, and when I mean worshiping, I, I mean fine and wordy, right? Because a lot of people worship sports, a lot of people worship Instagram, things of that nature. Where 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 would you define the word worship when it comes to a metaphysical aspect? If that makes sense. Well. Hang on, we we completely missed Brandon or Branding CEO said he found the name of the tribe. I'm curious now since we don't have to pay for it. He linked it in the chat. Oh well, can you just say it? I'm not able to look at chat right now. CEO, are you Piranha? Something. Piranha. Yes, Piranha are an indigenous people of the Amazon rainforest in Brazil about 800 individuals very interesting yes animism focuses on the metaphysical universe with a specific focus on the concept of the immaterial soul all right chris i primarily yeah chris i primarily brought zinni and bob up for you to play with are you uh are you not speaking now chris He's in the shower. Um, they, uh, I, I think hey, just be careful and don't dwarf into Calvinist, okay? If no, Calvinism Calvinist. is A-OK, Bob. 
Calvinism is the way, Bob. It's what? Okay, Bob. Uh, you worse than Michael. Wow, that's something. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mister, you're, you're, you believe in God and you're worse than someone who says God doesn't exist. That's hysterical. Um, but what I was going to yeah. say to, to CEO, just, just be, okay, so like, and to be charitable, just because there's some tribe somewhere that doesn't have a word for it. Let, like, let's assume, let's assume for a second that everything I said is correct. They don't even have a word in their language. That doesn't mean that a God doesn't exist. And in the same way, a bunch of people, even, even if it's 90% of the population, 90% of the people who have ever lived believe there's a super, like a God, that doesn't make it true. Michael, I agree with that. So do I. I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with an atheist. <laughs> Bob, what does that say about you? I, I agree with truth. I mean, Calvinists are uh, deceived. I mean, that's all you, that's the only way you can put it. So I come back after chatting <laughs> with my wife, and this is what I come back to? I brought Chris, I brought Bob and Zeleny up just for you, and you weren't even here. So, Oh, man, my favorite people. Or some of my favorite people. I do like that's them. Hurt, that's hurtful, Chris. Jeez. You're in a different you category. Know, Chris? God is oh. love. Yeah, God is love. Yeah. First John 4 2. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you, I, I love, I'm, I'm new winsome, Chris. Let's see how winsome Chris does. Ha, the test is real. All right, so Bob, what about Calvinism now? We're desperately... yeah, uh, Christianity has dwarfed into Calvinism. Uh, it's gonna have to come out of it somewhere or another, and it may take an atheist to bring them out. I just don't even know what that means. Well, Bob, do you think all? Do you think everyone who's not like you is a Calvinist? I think you think that. No, I'm no, not. No, most people. No, are. no, I think there are very few people like me. Uh, well, we agree. Seriously. That. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank. No, Chris, you missed it a second ago. Um, Bob said that Mister is worse than me. Wow. Yeah. So, th I mean, so I don't even know where that put that puts you in like the, the 22nd layer of hell or something. Well, I mean, something I think like I think I'd say Bob is worse than you, Michael. I mean, you know, is it, is it worse to be, I mean, I mean, it's both bad, um, you know, spiritually speaking. But is it worse to be someone who is just like takes an approach like, well, I don't believe this. I don't believe this. I don't have a reason to believe this. I think it's all wrong versus someone that is convinced they're absolutely right. But if they're convinced they're absolutely right is dead wrong. I'm always oh, a little, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm always much more um, reticent around people who are like, and we talked this a million times, right? Uh, sometimes the most honest thing, honest thing we can say is, I don't know, especially when we don't know. I'm, I'm very, very skeptical and very, uh, I give a lot of pause when I come across people who say, oh no, I, I've got it all figured out. I got it that, all that, figured I, out. 
Yeah, I find that I find that very interesting. I no, got you don't. Most stuff figured out. <laughs> Calvinists think so, they got it figured out. Yeah, Bob. I mean, I, I got Calvinism I figured out. Florida a little bit more, Bob. Why do you see me, right, Bob? We're brothers in Christ, right? Why? Why do you see me worse than the atheist? That's oh, what I want. Bob's to not a Christian, about. dude. Bob's a Unitarian. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Ramon, that makes here. Sense. Meet Mister. Meet Mister. Uh, Unitard Bob. So Bob the Unitarian is our. Hey, our friend Chris. That, uh... Chris. Oh. Yep. Yep. Sorry, that's something we've been using for a while. So I was trading cards. My, <laughs> my my daughter used that word yesterday, referring to furries. How old is your daughter? Man. <laughs> oh, she's twelve. She she could do this. Well, and she knows so about I, that. I smiled and I told her, "Oh, you should. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't say that." <laughs> While you're smiling, I, I misspoke earlier. I meant to say someone who says they're a Christian and identifies themselves as a Christian, but, and, you know, without getting into like, he said, he said, you believe, you believe, um, someone who, you know, like is, identifies as a Christian, but they're clearly wrong or a cult or something like that versus someone who's like, no, I'm an atheist. I don't believe any of it. Cause there's like more hope that they would make a radical change from no God to God than the person who says they're already cool with God and is in a straight up cult. Um, that's what I meant to say earlier. All right. I, I got a question, um, kind of a trolling question, but might be kind of fun. And this is for Chris. I want to see what Chris says because he's really like, um, you know. So, Chris, can furries be saved and remain furry? What do you think? What do you think? Oh, boy. I'm going to defer to Rabbi on this one. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, that was very clever. Nope, that was directed to you, Chris. If they just okay. dress stupid, sure. If they do <laughs> exactly. other stuff associated with them, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm excited that Rabbi's back because now we got the start of a of a bar joke. You got like you know a liberal Christian, a rabbi, and an atheist walking. You're you're avoiding my question, Chris. I feel really offended. What is my question? My question is simple. Answer the question. I mean, they I'll be right back. You literally people. caught me as I'm dropping my father-in-law off. So. <laughs> they're gonna open up a whole new denomination, and they're gonna have wee-wee pads in the in the in the in the back. Oh, and, for um, sure, for furry. They're gonna do their saved. thing. So, can they be saved? I mean, yeah, and remain a furry. Well, that, I'm gonna say no. To I me, would, it seems yeah. like idolatry. They repented and put their trust in the gospel. What about you, Vanuel? And baptized, I did you send you an invite since we're in full out dumpster fire territory. Come on up. Oh, yeah, Vanuel, go. go ahead. Everybody get ready to cry. So, Nate, would that um, make them trans Christian? <laughs> you know, as much as I know about the furry world, um, you know, if they just stick to their costumes and do nothing else, 
I, I don't see a reason. I mean, if they worship their, their furry furriness, their costumes, whatever, their, I don't know, wolf cape or, I don't know, whatever, wolf pelt, if they worship that and set it up as an idol, well, then that'd be a problem. Um, if they're just like, yeah, I just wanted to dress like a cat, um, you know, I don't see any inherent sin in that. Um, but, I mean, if they do the other stuff, like go hook up with people in the, in the woods behind, like, a cosplay uh, forum, um, I mean, that'd be No, no, no. They, they they will only marry in in, in into the species. So a, a a a wolf. I mean, they could intermarry like wolf and and cat, but they can't like go out of that. Sure. Wait. Wait. Actual cats or other furry cats that are like really people. Well, that's you shouldn't use that language, um, Nate. Um, they're 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 cats and they're they're. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong? You can't even you can't, keep a straight face. It's so bad you can't even troll right. This is so ridiculous. You can't even troll <laughs> properly. So, um, Nate, how many? Oh, hey, what's everyone think? What's everyone think about the stripper at the White House for the uh, Wait, Pride Parade? You guys at the are White House. It. it is a provoking question, though, right? It is like what I answered. We do now. <laughs> I just said if they if they just stick to their costume and don't do any of the like fornication stuff, like is that like okay? My, my the extent of my furry knowledge is they like to dress up as different animals and they all smell real bad and they like to have lots of like sex with gross people just like the whatever. christian that, that, furries that. nate t-shirt that says wolf pack 689 i don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway, so so that that's like my stereotype knowledge of of the furry community. Peace be upon them. So if they just do the costume stuff, great. If they do all the other stuff, well then, I mean that's sin just like anyone else. If you say they're Christian furries, um, then are you saying like they they follow like you know Christ and like they're saying no, I'm I'm not going to fornicate. I'm not going to have sex outside of marriage. And all stuff like of that. it. Yes, they do everything as we do. They just happen to be furries. So you in a wolf costume. Yes. If you want to dress in a wolf costume, you can still be a Christian. There you go. There you go, Lou. You you have permission. Go I'm ahead. starting a church. You want. All right. <laughs> so wait, That's so, a different so question. Lenny, what, did I, what did I say already? Like, we haven't even gotten kicked off yet. What did I already say that shows I'm not a follower of Jesus? I'm curious. Yeah. That's a pretty bold claim. I mean, I may agree, but yeah, I mean, you know, for the yeah, record, I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's true. I don't know. Zelini, Zelini, you there? Uh, I was referring to the insult about someone being a tard. Oh, yeah. I, I already, oh, okay. I already, yeah, I already admonished Chris for. I mean, that's a variant. I mean, he did say unit tard. I mean, yeah, he, didn't, I mean he didn't go. But that's still, a, that's still, you know, the implication of, okay. you know, mental health. As the as the overseer of your gentleman's agreement, is that sexist? As as the overseer of your agreement, um, you know, variants weren't discussed. Oh, <laughs> just saying. I'm just gonna. I mean, we can will, we can amend Michael's that. Sake, I will refrain from calling Bob a unit, anything but a Unitarian. How about that? Thank you. Wait, I mean, I was referring okay, is to it, the, the the fact that it's a variant of a fool relevant to a specific part of the Gospels where Jesus says something about that. Huh? About where he says if you call someone an idiot, you're liable of murder? Is that what you're talking about? If you call somebody, if you call somebody a fool, 
then you've murdered them in your heart? Is that what you're talking about? No, you say said, raka to your... Did he, doesn't he say that for anger? Like here is about uh, raka, you'll be responsible to the assembly, but if you say fool, you're going to be responsible to hell. Well, he didn't call Bob either. Yeah, I just was saying... He, he called him intellectually compromised. Which is a fool. Well, I mean, is it a fool kind of a willful that way? Are, we, are you saying Bob is willful that way, or he can't help it? What are you talking about? Don't worry about it, I, Bob. It's over your head. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. We, we I'm definitely not foolish. Hey, Nate, how many, so see, times you been how many times have you been accused for worshipping at the altar of Dungeons and Dragons? Surprisingly, not as much as I thought. Um... I mean, turns out, you know, once once people realize you're not actually trying to, you know, summon Satanus, um, they're like, oh, it's just like Monopoly, but with swords and orcs? Huh, okay. Um, you know, I got in more trouble uh, one time in the early days when I played World of Warcraft. Um, someone went really hard, and um, they, um, you know, they're like, World of Warcraft, that's playing with magic, and that's the occult. I'm like, uh, no, it's, I mean, do you ever watch Lord of the Rings? I mean, don't do that. Turns out they did not do that. So, you know, maybe they're holier than holier than me. What do you think playing with Calvinism does to you? Not a Calvinist, Bob. See, this is where we get. I mean, he, he the guy can't help it. I know you're not a Calvinist, but somebody is that's in this room. So why are you talking to me? No, I don't know, like, why would you say that Christianity was whatever the word was, dwarfed into Calvinism. Like, I think that, you know, I mean, of course, the Catholics and the Eastern churches are not Calvinist. But even in the among Protestants, I would say, like, most of the denominational groups are not Calvinist. You know, you're going to oh. have your Anglicans and Lutherans, Methodists. Like, almost none of them are going to be Calvinists. Well, hey, this can be another yeah, uh, unholy the, trifecta. Hey, that, hang on, Bob. That's this can the be another family unholy. of dwarfs. That's the family of dwarfs. <laughs> this could be another unholy trifecta. So we don't have that other guy that thought he was Jesus or whatever in the car wash. Um, but we have Zelini in his stead. So um, let's see. Let, I, I'd like to give Bob, Baptize, and Zelini a chance to uh, all talk to each other for a bit. Uh, this will be like round two. So Bob's a Unitarian. And uh, is that Chris, is that the craziest thing Bob believes? I forget what was what was the what was the like You're call right. cues whenever 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 the other guy was there. Uh, so Bob's a Unitarian, doesn't believe Jesus is God. Um, is that it, Bob? Is there anything else? Like what what's the thing that usually gets people riled up about you? Is that it? Is that the extent of it? When I tell them that the Bible is not the final authority, that's almost as bad. Okay, uh, so he believes that. Uh, baptized believes that you must cry tears to be saved. If you don't cry H2O, watery, salty tears out of your eyes, you cannot go to heaven. And Zelini, I don't even know what he believes. You'll find out soon enough. But um, let's just say that Zelini, is that like a, what, like the trans Christian flag or something? Like like LGBT community, those people are all cool with God. Is that is that a good enough uh, lead in for whatever your PTR is? Yep, but it's also like... Uh... That's made uh, from uh, the flag of Norway, because Norway is cool and the Nordic model of socialism is cool. 
Okay, so uh, let's see. Zeleny, do you believe that you must cry tears to be saved? And if you don't cry tears of water, you can't be saved. He doesn't even know what to do with that. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. Go with That's not well, you, Bob. That's bad. Well, baptize. Have I have I got your point pretty clear? Is there anything else you'd like to say about like uh, baptize? Wait, baptize. If if gay people cry, if the LGBT community cries, can they go to heaven because they cried, or even if they cry, they can't be saved? Let me explain it to you. Um, it's not just uh, uh, about the tears. It's about the repentance. I believe that uh, salvation comes when uh, you truly repent, and if you're really sorry for your sin. You will, you know, you will cry. I mean, uh, anybody that's uh, repented truly, I bet you they cried because it's just uh, that's just uh, the way we work, the human being. It's an emotion. And I, I've got some more evidence. Um, I believe that the rapture already happened to everybody that's born again. Because oh, that's no, when we're. Don't tell wait, me you're still going wait. down there. Oh, finish. my goodness. Let me finish, because, um, you know, when when you're raptured is when Jesus comes back and it says he's coming out of the clouds. Well, what that word cloud means is it's there again connected with uh, crying because there's a mist that comes. It's, It's physically possible because when you cry, when those tears are there, they create a mist in front of your eyes and you see a cloud. I mean, it it's it makes sense because that's what happens. So and, since you're uh, still here, did you miss the rapture? Well, what I'm saying is, uh, you cannot get to heaven like Jesus said unless you're born again. And born again is like Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So when in your testimony, you have to have a day in your life when you get born again, and. Uh, it says you must be born of water and spirit. Well, there again, that water is connected to living water, if you know scripture. If you know okay. scripture, Jesus talked about living water. Well, so then you talk, other, huh? well hang on, we, I mean, we got to get Zeleny and Bob in here too. But So my, my questions for you quickly are, if the rapture already happened for those who were born again, and you're still here talking to us, does that mean you didn't cry hard enough and you're not born again because you're still here instead of heaven? And you talked about repentance. So does that mean that gay people have to repent of being gay or they can still be gay as long as they cry and that's cool? And then Zeleny can respond. Well, you're dead to your sins, according to scripture. And when you're born again, you're, re- you're forgiven of your sins. So uh, that is what uh, makes you a Christian is the day you're born again. Bob, Zeleny, you guys got anything to say that? Zeleny, you gave this. Oh, Zeleny, don't want to know part of it. Uh, no, uh, I, I, I can't deal with the uh, crying your way into heaven. Uh, I just don't see it. All right. Well, so what is- I gave you guys your chance, but hang on, uh, town, you're new. What's up town. Did you have any question or topic on your mind? Um, yeah. Is this like anything about the Bible or should I sure. ask something that's pertaining to the topic? No, no. You, any topic's fine. New topic's wonderful. Okay. Um how how do you feel about um Hosea thirteen sixteen? Well, 
If anyone knows that off the top of their head, go for it. Otherwise, give me a minute to look it up. Hosea. Yeah, what? can you just 13, give me 16? Um, Yeah, can you just give me three seconds? I'll search it up. Um, it's the people of Samaria must bear their guilt because they have rebelled against their God. They will fall by the sword. Their little ones will be dashed to the ground. Their pregnant woman ripped open. And how do I feel about that? Yeah, because, you know, it was like given by God, the Christian God. To be. Well, I think that happened. I mean, I think, uh, you know, also in Psalms, they're like lamenting, right? Like they're, it's like a lament. So how about how do you feel about the Hosea one? I'm familiar with Psalms, how they're like lamenting over it, like song, uh, because it was done to them. Is that correct? This is, yeah, describing I'm, I'm a histo- this is describing a historical event, not a reality about if you don't repent, what happens to everybody who doesn't repent in the future. Yeah, this is a historical. This is a historical thing. So how do you feel? Are you asking, how do I feel about the fact that that happened? No, or how, are you at, or, no how do you feel about the fact that your God um, commanded such an event? Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you consider that evil if that were to happen today? like in the Middle East or, say, in China? I mean, yeah, death, look, from the human point of view, death, getting ripped open, that's always bad, right, from the human perspective. Um, I suppose on some level, God gets to do whatever God wants, right, and I don't get to judge God. However, for me, personally, if that was really what you needed to get as the punishment for sinning, I find that to be problematic. Um, Surely there could be other ways to get the message or to repent from sin or something like that. But of course, it's a historical, quote unquote, right? It's it's what the Bible is considering a history. Well, well, it happened. Yeah, I understand it was a historical event. Can I just ask you something? Say if you were like a part of like a warring village. You were, you were like, um, let's say, innocent. You were a soldier or anything. Like, you and your family were just on the side, like, waiting for the results of the war. And then all, all of a sudden, you your village is getting raided and pillaged by a bunch of men who um, proclaim a message that their God had told them to rip all of the children out of the pregnant woman's stomach and slaughter everyone in sight. Would you take that God to be a good and just God, or would you think he is... Um, bad and evil if you were putting that predict if already if already it's warring tribes um back and forth with each other that are from different sort of spiritual outlooks makes no difference what the other tribe thinks they were commanded to do right um because i'm not a part of that group uh well also right and also i'm not saying i would be i'm happy about it comfortable with it I'm just saying, like, what does it matter for somebody who's not part of the group, who's not asked to believe in a hard God to believe in? It's not even a question for that person. You know, that's... Well, hang on. If you're you're asking the believer, what do they do with a God that appears to be evil? So, like, yeah. I mean, the Bible depicts that all the time. And so I would just say see all of the philosophical and theological attempts to not have that God be evil. Well, here's two hey, points for you, Tom. Well, hang on. I'd like to jump in. Okay. So, Tom, I appreciate what you said, Abba. Uh, if you just read that, like go back to the little head of the chapter or, and, uh, you know, 
look at what's going on. So on one hand, by the way, you have, it's not like God's just doing this for no reason. It's like because these people have forsook him, they've went away from him. So, you know, how many times in, in the Bible does he say, look, if you repent and return to me, you know, I'll heal your land. I'll do this. I'll, it'll all be all good. Uh, but if you continue in your evil ways, if you continue in your stubbornness and stiff neckedness, then, you know, these bad things are going to happen. So it's not like he's just like, hey, you know, for fun, I'm just going to like do all this bad stuff to you and have all this bad judgment done to you. It's because they're constantly going away from God. So the biggest thing is if, if they're told like how dumb or how bad or how, I don't know, evil does someone have to be for God to say, hey, this bad stuff is going to happen if you do this. And they're like, oh, OK. And then they do this. So who, who's worse, God or them? Um, in the first of all, like if someone's like, hey, don't do this, or I'm going to you know, do all this bad stuff to you, you're like, oh, well, geez, I don't want to do that bad stuff. So that's the first thing. But then if you read that, the, the whole preceding verses, it talks about, you know, they're like in idolatry, among other things, but they're like doing a human sacrifice. So who's to say it's not a pleasant, quick death versus, you know, like a human sacrifice that these people are sacrificing their own babies. So unless you're there watching it, which which torture is worse? Like perhaps a very quick death um, of ingitero babies, you know, not even experiencing life, not even knowing what's going on, just snuffed out. Or little baby kicking and screaming while mommy and daddy, being freaking evil, um, are sacrificing it, torturing it, so it fully experiences all the pain of being a human sacrifice. So there's more than meets the eye besides, I don't believe God, but God is also evil. Hey, hey Nate, I, I understand. I, I appreciate what you said. I, I understand. I, I probably should have tweaked the hypothetical more better and say that maybe you... Hmm, all right. How about I set up a new hypothetical right here? What if, well, do you want to respond say, to that one first? Like, that's very fair. I understand. I'll repent now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, you brought you brought up a good point um, about having to be like a follower of Christ or a follower of God in order to like really take what he says serious and like understand like his commands. So I was just going to ask, like, say if like something similar were to happen like in the modern day and like God commanded you to like kill a bunch of um, females that were pregnant. And slaughter their kids like how do you feel about that would you would you like follow that to the t or would you like feel some sort of like um like um disagreement like like that's kind of like slimy and grimy in a way yeah well so for your hypothetical um because you know let me preface this first with what would actually happen you know per the christian paradigm no such thing will ever happen because you know god's word is complete we have the complete word of bible of the bible so no longer do we have prophets or you know like god speaking to us in in such a way that the people made the book uh that's all been done and they've written it down so now not, we have the closed book not hey, well, hang on hang on bob. Know, okay well maybe bob's gonna tell you he's a prophet in a minute but we also consider bob, bob a cultist but for my interpretation like 99 percent of christians save bob um we believe there's no, none of this. Like, so whatever has happened is written and it's never going to change. Like, you know, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that hypothetical is never going to happen under the Christian paradigm. I mean, you um, could, however, you however, if it did, but okay. to entertain you, if it did happen and somehow, like I um, legitimately believe that, you know, I misinterpreted scripture and Bob, uh, who apparently does think this stuff happened, is like, I've just received a word from God, and he's commanding you to, you know, murder women or whatever your scenario was. And if I really somehow believe Bob was a prophet from God, and he was speaking for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's at that moment that I would have to think, oh, you know what, this may be the day that I, um, 
I, I've been in the wrong religion and I don't want to do that because that sounds messed up. So, um, uh, no, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm going to not follow this God anymore. Or if I also believed it was truly hellfire in store, if I didn't do this, well, then I'd have to have a hard conversation. Um, I like to think I would be one of the people that's like, you know, like, I'm going to give God a piece of my mind. And I'm going to tell him he can just send me to hell, blah, blah, blah. So under your scenario, um, we wouldn't know what happened unless it actually happened. But I like to think, I bet, no, this is the day I rebel against this God because he's straight up evil. Um, but like I said, under what will actually happen via the Christian paradigm, no such thing will ever happen. Because um, the Bible is closed, the word of God is closed. According yeah. to Calvinists, uh, you may be more Calvinist than you think. Okay, I don't know anything about that. Uh, Town, you were responding? Yeah, um, well, I, I kind of just wanted to know how you would feel, how you felt about like the Sabbath 13, 16. I really don't have any more questions. I'd have to think about some more. So, uh, can I, can yeah. I just say, I think, I think the question of how do you think, what do you think about it and how do you feel about it? You can't stop at that question, right? The there's, okay, you give the answer of how do you think about it? How do you feel about it? And then you have to say, so now what are you going to do? Given that you think or feel or interpret in a given way, now what does that implicate, right? What are the entailments of you having that thought? And I think there's no, there's no necessary entailments, but there is a something that should happen after that. Yeah, kind of like, do you hold your nose and follow through with it anyways, or do you feel fine about it? And you're like, well, my mate's right. He told me this, or, you know, it's like, oh, I hate this. No. I'm going to do it anyways. Oh, well, if you want my, like, opinion on it, I feel like, I, like in my personal case, like, say, I'll, I'll start at this one first. If I was put in a hypothetical and um, I was given a choice to slaughter a tribe with pregnant women and stuff, Etc. I would. Uh, why would I listen to God? Like he's telling me to kill innocent people. Ew. Why? Like. Well, you. I see that he's done this. So much. Excuse me. I mean, are they innocent? Who? I mean, who knows that God? Right. I mean, you would assume that, that little baby. We can, yeah, we can agree that innocent babies are innocent of crime or sin, right? They don't really yeah, have the mental I, capacity to do anything, right? Right, but I mean, who knows? They could be like a little abomination demon spawn for all we know. Like we don't. I mean, it could be like alien. Like, can I ask a question I'm, about that? I mean, has that um, that ever occurred in the Bible? Well, I mean, you ask a really hypothetical, so I mean, you know, I guess it's right for me to posit that too. We don't know what we don't know. Uh, but yeah, tight. Go ahead. What were you saying? What What do you mean? Are they innocent? They're about as innocent as you are, right? Well, presumably, I would be less innocent. I mean, just like, you know, looking at looking the way humans look at people like I'm older, I've lived longer. I've certainly had time to do bad stuff. Um, so the common sentiment would be like a little baby that's not even born yet, obviously, hasn't had a chance to, to do wrong or know anything about doing wrong. So, so if they were not. Innocent, are you, are you against some... the killing of the baby ordered by God or are you for the killing of the baby ordered by God? In this, I'm for whatever happened because we don't know. So like I was saying, like, presumably you would say, well, a little baby hasn't had time to, you know, do anything to make them guilty of anything. But if you're God, um, there's more than meets the eye. Like, you know, is there something inherently um, 
evil in them? Um, is it because I don't know what? Like, if we're going to talk about some of the story like it's true, we should talk about all the story. Like, it could I'm, also I'm, be true. I'm, so, I'm for it. Well, 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 yes. I'm, I'm trying to say, like, you know, these people are sacrificing, like, human sacrificing to other gods and like idols. Like, it's not a far leap for me, given the stuff in the Bible, that you know, demons are a real thing. So, who knows? Maybe there's some weird demon stuff, like, uh, you know, doing something crazy to the kid. Maybe it's like going to come out like a horrible abomination of something with like 40 eyes and, you know, start killing everyone. Yeah, okay. I, I realize Jay, that sounds I ridiculous. Uh, I don't think that's helpful, right? Well, like, well, we, don't know what we, we don't know what we don't know. Hmm. Obviously, that's true. But then well, why well, hang on. Hang on. Let me, let me finish my point out and then you can take over. I get that it may not seem helpful, but the point I'm trying to drive home is if we're going to talk about some of the scripture like it's true, we need to talk about all of the scripture as if it's also true. Like we can't separate it. So, you know, in the Christian paradigm, we believe there are good and evil spirits and forces and stuff like that. So the point is, we don't know what all kinds of stuff that we don't know is. So that's the ultimate point. You just okay, said so it. We don't know what we don't know. But uh, what, uh, you're go doing, ahead and finish. what you're doing yeah, is Yeah, I just want to say, if you have an interpretive strategy or a doctrine setup, right, a theology that says X thing about God, A, B, and C things about um angels, demons, blah, 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 sin. If you right, think about your systematic theology and then think about the book that you have, right? I would contend that that systematic theology is meant to answer, not only, but one of the things is meant to answer some of the things that you're pointing out, which is the book says God does this. Humanly, intuitively, I'm like, yeah, slaughtering babies and humans is bad. Right. That's just sort of an intuitive sense. So I think all of these things about how does it work and there's demons and there's sin and there's blah, blah, blah. These are ways to struggle and deal with. Right. Things that on a outside of that system, we would probably have a more intuitive. We, we would only be going on our intuitions, which I think naturally probably tell us this kind of thing is bad. Well, right. So what do we do? So the question is not. Only, right? I think it's a low-level question to say, only, right, to make it a binary. Do you believe it or not believe it? You think God is moral or God is immoral? That's not, that's not a complex spiritual life. That's, I think, that's, I, I think that's an easy way out that permits a person to not use their brain. Oh, well, okay. And okay. I don't think, okay. that, and I don't, right, so I'll just finish, right? And I think, I think that folks who are serious about their faith, right, while they may express sort of simple doctrines, I don't think the life of the faithful is one of simple um, giving it up, right? I think we struggle all the time. Everyone, right? Anyone who takes their stuff seriously is going to struggle with it. That's why you keep repeating the things. No, God is good. God is good. That's not a statement of reality as much as it is a statement of keep reminding me that because all the stuff that I see God does isn't that good. Do you understand? So it's a response to it already from the get-go. Okay. So to me, what, I, what, what I'm trying to get at is I don't know about Judaism. So it could be a little bit more complicated in that. But within the realm of Christianity, we're all sinners. Everyone is, and I, I want to make sure 
that Nate agrees with that statement before I continue. Do you agree with that? We're all sinners. Sure. That we were born sinners or were we born innocent? I'd like you to make your point because that's going to spur a much longer dialogue. <laughs> so go I, ahead well, with in order your point. for me to make the point, I got to understand if you agree with this. Do you agree that we're born sinners or that we're not born sinners? I'll say yes. Okay, so yes. Do you believe that was the case for all times, including the Old Testament? All of them were sinners. None of them were righteous people. Sure. Okay. So now the problem I have is when my question to you was, so you agree that if God tells a community to go out there and murder these babies, that community isn't in itself a sinner. It's, it's telling God is telling one sinner to go kill another sinner. And at that point, to kill another sinner prior to even if before it could even make choices, before it can do anything. The argument you gave me is that, well, those people were sacrificing babies. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm specifically asking you because not every single case scenario in the Old Testament, I could be wrong, I doubt it. Not every case scenario in the Old Testament consisted of God telling people, they're sacrificing babies over there, stop them. That wasn't, I, only, I can only think of one time when that's alluded to, if I remember, is when that's when uh, King Saul didn't kill the king and Samuel made that comment when he killed the king. I think it was something like, this is for all the mothers or something like that, I don't know. But there are times when God explicitly tells them, smash babies' heads upon rocks, kill them, don't show them no mercy. And that's what I'm saying. This is a little different from Judaism because I don't know if Judaism holds to the concept of original sin. But when you hold that concept, it makes no sense. It makes no sense to, for God to say, hey, are you sinners over here? Yeah, go to that other nation that's full of sinners and wipe them from the face of the earth because their sin is just that bad. How does that make sense? How do you even agree with that? One moment, I'm brushing my teeth. Someone yeah. else talk. So, hmm? yeah. Um, so here's the thing, man, is that this is not about original sin or sinners. This is about God's specific ability to carry out his judgments and the instrument in which he carries out his judgments. So <clears throat> like Abba said, the attempt to dismiss God because, you know, we believe he's a moral monster or we want to have, you know, a very simplistic type of theology is up to you. Like no one's going to argue with you if you want to believe that the, that the God of the Bible is a moral monster. Fine. I'm not arguing he's a moral um, monster. I never said that. I said it doesn't make that's, sense. But that's that is the argument, though, that he is a moral no, monster. My argument is that it doesn't that, make sense. Whether it's moral how does it or not? Is how does it not make sense? I'm, I'm still not understanding. I'll the say a it again. To a. ask a nation full of, according to the, your theology, Christian theology, every character in this play are all sinners. God did not make one righteous so what? people. Like what? How again, does that? How does so that break me, a and not a? How is let that me finish. Let me finish making logical. my point so you can understand. They're all sinners. Every character in here are all sinners. This is not Wait, Judaism. Where I, I, I got to might... clarify that. Hang on, tight. I, I got to clarify it. It's not like people can't become, you know, righteous, right? The Bible calls Job righteous. Like it's not like people. I mean, just because we may be sinners, I mean, you know, it's not like we can't have faith in God and stay sinners. So I, I, I just want to make sure we're not getting hung up on that. I'm not saying like everyone right now. I'm not saying I'm a sinner, right? I mean, I will do sin, but I have Christ as my Savior. Therefore, I am not. A sinner. Okay, so like but Christians we were talking who about killing, Christ are not. We were talking about right. killing babies. 
Right. And I'm not saying every single one of those people were, quote, sinners. No, Nate, so, Nate. We're not talking about, okay, my question, my first question to you was, are you for God going over there and telling them to kill the babies? Or are you against the idea that God told him to go over there and kill babies? I asked you about original sin because were they born sinners or were they born innocent? We already clarified all of that. We're not talking about adults engaging what in What we're war. trying to do is separate you from the emotional argument to the logical argument. What, and what is argument the logical argument because you keep saying slaughter babies? Like I, that's that's what that's what the conversation was about. But again, what is your logical like you're argument? You don't want to answer my question. No, I'm going to answer your question. You're being obstreperous. So, what I would say is what is your logical argument that original sin somehow precludes this particular action? I'm still not seeing the A and not A. Because if God, if everyone has original sin and they were all born original sin, then there is no argument to be made to go kill these babies. Why? You still haven't demonstrated why. How does that make sense? That's what I'm asking you. I'm this doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Make sense. Like, That's what I'm it's, saying. It's, I'm saying it it's kind of, here's, here's why. Like, if you just read the story, if you're still talking about Hosea, are you still talking about Hosea or are you talking about something else? Because you mentioned Saul and some other stuff. But in Hosea, no, I, when I mentioned the, Saul, when I mentioned Saul, I was saying that there are cases in the Bible that I can agree with you where you're saying they were killing, they're sacrificing children and God wants them to stop. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about explicit commands by God to go kill babies. I asked you, are you for it? Or are you against it? You said, I'm for it. Cool. No, you just said, wait, wait, you just said another thing. You just shift another category. So let me clear up this one first. So first of all, in Hosea, like they're doing these things and God says, this will be the judgment. So the, the thing you're talking about, how it doesn't make sense, there's a crime and there's a punishment. So like if God's like, hey, don't do this, don't do this crime, don't disobey me, don't do these things, or this will be your judgment against you. This will be your punishment. So it's a if this, then that. So God says, don't do this. All these people did that. So what then he says, well, if you do, read the passage. Go back to one. Like idolatry, human sacrifice. If you think babies, like being murdered is bad, is it bad when humans do it or just when God does it? So, you know, uh, they're, they're, um, they're doing human sacrifice of their own kids. I so, think that's, that's the weird part. You're, you're, you're trying to appeal to my emotion. You're asking me, do I think... Uh, no, I don't care about I don't care about emotion. Emotion sucks. Hold on, Emotions hold on. Let me work. answer. Let me let me give you. I, what I'm not I'm gonna I'm not gonna hold on because you're asking and then you're you're not wanting people to answer. I'm, so I'm listening wanna... to your answer. Okay, go ahead. Oh, here's my answer. So you say it doesn't make sense. This makes sense. If you people do this thing, then I will do this thing. And then you read the passage and look what happens. They do these things, and God does what He said He'll do. So how does that not make sense? If you don't want these bad things to happen, don't do these things God says don't do. Okay, okay. Well, one, you're not dealing with the issue I'm bringing up. Two, Israel did those same things. Israel itself committed idolatry and all these crimes in itself. Never really. What, what was the nation? Did, what nation did God ever send to kill all the people in Israel and wipe them from the face of the, the earth? Assyrians. That That's one. Babylonians. I, they, they never were wiped from the face of the earth, Chris. Because God made a promise to Abraham that his descendants would live on forever. So then okay. you would say, well, God lied if they, I mean, Abba wouldn't be here right now if that happened. And yeah. God would have, remember, remember when you said, remember God when you said, I should let you answer the question and now you and Chris are cutting me off?
How's it feel? I, well, um, I didn't I stop? Look, dude, here's I, the thing. Is we keep asking you, listen. we keep asking you, what is the A and not A? You're positing something about original sin, and then you're using the underpants I'm, I'll explain argument. Again. I'll explain it again. Nate Please. was... Nate was saying, I am for God going to kill babies. I'm for it. <laughs> for the record, Nate is not saying it's wonderful that God kills babies. I didn't say it was. That's what I'm saying. I'm not making a moral argument here. I'm not saying whether this is bad, good, whether this feels bad. I don't, I don't care about that. That's not what I'm talking about. Whether this is wonderful, whether this was a good command, bad command. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the theology that the original sin exists. If original existed, if if original sin exists, even at that time, then why is it that the Jews who was born with original sin are killing other babies that's born with original sin? It doesn't make sense. That's the not A and not B. Why is it that I, as a, I who has original sin, can continue to live and flourish? A lot of communities around the nation could be con continue to live and flourish, but these B people. Right, who was born with the original sin? I have to kill their babies, not the adults, okay. not the criminals. Not I have to go so far as to kill their babies, burn their crops, and kill all the animals that exist there. Because why? I, I think I'm starting to decipher what you're saying a little bit better, and it, it's not helping your case. But I think I'm starting to get where you're going. So if everyone is born with this original sin, everyone is born in a not with with their path set against God. Their bent is to go against God and to not follow God. So if that's the state of everyone born, you would think we're all equal. However, if you have Michael, <clears throat> who we believe has original sin up there, and his bent is to reject God and go against God, he is a pretty mild-mannered guy. He's not out sacrificing to idols, worshiping demons, um, or espousing to, <laughs> or he's not out committing murders and heinous crimes. Yet he has a original sin, right? But he's not doing evil, evil actions continually versus you have someone else like maybe these people who have original sin and they are absolutely doing every evil under the sun. They have like sworn to slaughter and destroy the people you're talking about, the Israelites, like they're sworn enemies of them who want nothing more than eradicate them from the planet. And then if you have the Israelites who, uh, I mean, by, by nature, right, if they're Israelites and they're following God. You know, they're following the laws God put in place. So they had original sin, but now they're exercising faith in God via the law and via following all this other stuff. So they are righteous in God's eyes. So not all things are equal. If every one of us start out equal with original sin, um, and in some repent, become righteous, follow God, have faith in God and follow God, well, now they're not sinners anymore. Now they've got rid of original sin through faith in God. Um, and if you have other people who may just be like a, a kind of a bystander neutral party and they are still sinners and they're not following God, but they're also not sworn enemies of Israel vowing to wipe them off the face of the planet. And then you have a third category of people who still have original sin. They've added lots of sin on top of it. They're still sinners never since the word and they're warmongering, bloodthirsty heathens. Do you see no difference there? I mean, I, I will answer. It depends. I mean, I don't know what you mean by. I just like, okay, it out twice. The way the way you're saying it is as the way you're saying it is like like let's let's say what you said before. Michael has original sin, but he's not hell bent on killing babies. Sure. Okay. The problem I have with that is, 
the way you're making it sound, okay, Israel, in your case scenario, would be worse than the people killing babies. Because the people killing babies don't know. They were not at Mount Sinai. Moses did not rescue them from Egypt. Moses did not, uh, God did not um, bring them through the desert 40 days and 40 nights. I might be wrong about that. 40 years, I don't know. Through the pillar of clouds of fire and day and get a pillar of light at night. More, God did not give them manna. God did not give them sweets in the middle of the deserts. And yet Israel still rebelled from God. Every We know this. We, we know Israel was a bit rebelling against God all the way up until Jesus came and the Pharisees hated him. So in every case scenario you're providing here is... Well, well, hang on. It's not... Well, someone else jumped in too. I'll see you in just a second. But it's not like Israel rebelled against God totally. Like, read the Bible. Like, you know, they're constantly... It's it's like a to and fro. They're constantly, like, going away from God. And, and I mean, I guess you could say that's rebelling, but it's not like they're shaking their fist at God. I mean, you could say idolatry would be that. But I mean, it's not like they're outright, like, we hate you, God. They just are led astray. They're just led after other gods. So there's this constant thing back and forth. And look look at the, what the Bible says. Like, it's constantly. Um, God's like, hey, uh, you know, if you do this, and I'm going to destroy you. And if you do this, bad things are going to happen. But if you repent, if you come back to me, I'll heal your land. I'll do these good I things. Agree with that. So it's that's, this constant. It's this, it's, but it's not like rebelling constantly. It's a Nate. constant, like, you know, rebelling, coming back, rebelling, coming Nate, back. But rebelling, you're ignoring something. You're ignoring hey, so remember when you threw a fit a minute ago about, you know, we were doing what you didn't like and now you're doing it again? This cycle of abuse is repeating itself. So let me finish. So it was this constant rebel, rebelling, we'll use your word, and coming back, rebelling, repenting, rebelling, repenting. But there were also things worse than death. And this is why it bugs me because, you know, what if it was an act of mercy? What if it was, you know, like something bad happening, but there was good out of it? Like, what if they wouldn't have killed all these little babies. Well, what's going to happen anyway? Like the mothers, like all the war, war age men, they're dead. And then the women and children are left to fend for themselves, just out left alone in the woods. And they get like attacked by hyenas and they're like giving birth and like little babies instead of a quick death are like eaten by like hyenas. Like there are things worse than death. So, I mean, you know, you may not like to see it that way because it, it kills the emotional feel. If you're like, well, you know, we're all going to die eventually anyway. And there are things worse than death. So they did rebel. They did something God said not to do, and they got punished for it. But, I mean, maybe, maybe it's a merciful death. I mean, if someone's like, hey, do you want to die slow getting ripped apart by lions? Or, you know, if you got to die anyway because of whatever reason, because of God's judgment, etc., do you want it to be quick and painless? I'm like, yeah, quick and painless, please. Go ahead. Again. But oh, I was... someone, hang on, someone, else, someone else wanted to say oh. something. I forgot who was that that tried to speak. I tried to, because he said that the Israelites did the same things when God threatened to smash babies, I don't think that's true. And so, like, the other, what he's saying then, what I'm hearing is that then God shouldn't have punished anybody instead of let them run rampant and allow sin to just flourish. Because to me, like, every time God put upon punishment, it was a direct result of people's sin. So, like, we would say locking people in cages is evil. Is it just me people or is he cut doing, out? He cut out. If people are doing evil, then it's good that we put them in cages. So, like, you can't find a single thing where God in the Old Testament or ever is just like, hey, go go murder some babies for fun. Like, it's, it's always been a direct result of of sin. So, so my question to you, who who has a problem with God, 
putting that punishment on the people. Can you show me where the Israelites were ever doing the exact same things they were? And is your point then that God should have just let them, shouldn't have punished anybody and just let sin run rampant? Uh, uh, that's my point. I don't know what you mean by, um, can you show me where Israel did the same thing as those other? It's pretty clear in the Bible. Like that, sacrificing I mean, their own I'll give you kids. An, I'll give you an, okay, okay, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Um, I think King Solomon was pretty known for idolatry. That was his biggest thing, right? And that's the crime that all these, that's the root of the crime though, of the uh, neighboring nations. So even when they're sacrificing children, they're sacrificing children to other gods. It's idolatry. The idea is these people are committing idolatry. Do not be like them, Israel. I want you to be completely different from these neighboring countries. We don't do these things. That's the idea, right? Now, so my argument... Worshipping a rock okay, is the same as... Same, same. I, I, I listened. Because I think what you guys are doing is you're not addressing my issue. My issue, again, was God has revealed himself to Israel. He's revealed himself, he revealed himself so much to Israel. Again, he makes this claim over and over again. I rescued you out of Egypt. Now, I don't, that's what I'm saying. I'm not Jewish. So I feel like Jewish people probably have a different answer to this. And I'm willing to listen. But his, his argument to Israel is, I rescued you out of Egypt. I did this. Y'all know me. I sent Moses to you. God, God did not send Moses to the Canaanites. God did not send Moses to the Amalekites. God did not send this Mo Moses to the people of the Goliath. He didn't do that. He only sent him to Israel. He rescued Israel. He gave the commandments to Israel. Even when you're telling me all the commands, the this and that, the punishment, he told Israel this. He didn't tell everyone. So now God is telling people who's going to disobey him, and according to Christology, Christian theology, he knows is going to disobey him, to commit mass genocide to people he's never revealed himself to. He's never told any of this information to. How does that make sense? You don't know that. Like, they know plenty about the foreign gods. Like, they went after them. Are you to now just assume that none of these other people who are intermingling with their idols and their other gods that the Israelites often forsook God for, are we to say that they had no knowledge about the Christian God? Like, that's... That's crazy to think that yeah, that yes, all these other yes. other I'm, tribes, I'm all these other tribes that. had no. I mean, look at the prophets of Bel and Elijah. Like when you know God sent down uh, fire and you know consumed all the consumed all the sacrifice and all the wood and everything, and even the the stone. Um, are you to say like all these prophets of Baal before they died and the people around witnessing and watching this, none of them got to see empirical evidence of God? They absolutely did. They knew God. They just didn't follow him. Wait, are you saying they knew the God of Israel? Yes, just like Pharaoh and the Egyptians. They absolutely knew God. He did ten plagues against them. And remember, look at Exodus. He specifically says, I'm doing this so you will know I am God. That was for the Egyptians' benefit. And what they do? They still didn't. Hey, can I interrupt for one second? Well, in one second. But since he said he didn't, look at Exodus. Like the very beginning of, of the story about Pharaoh. He says, he says twice, he says at the beginning and at the end, right before Pharaoh gets crushed by water, he says, I'm doing this so you know I am God. Uh, go ahead, Eddie. Um, sorry to interrupt, Matt Adams, is, Matt Adams has issued a challenge to any Calvinist on the app. He wants to debate you. So yeah, That sounds fun, Chris. Yeah, so uh, sorry to change the subject. Just wanted to say that and eat up. So if you want to debate Matt Adams, let me know and I'll set it up. Doesn't have to be formal. 
could just be a chat and clubhouse. But he's coming for you, Calvinists. He has had it. He's had it up here. Thank you. Hey, what I'd like to say as a Jew, though, you know, what you're saying is what God said. He said that to Judah, to sons of Israel, to people who follow Hashem, not to Gentiles, not to people who who are outside of the Jewish faith. So you have to understand that that narrative, that Torah that was given 3,300 years ago, Mount Sinai, it wasn't given to everybody. And, 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 and God, or at least the Jewish God, as, as I know him, he doesn't expect for non-Jews to follow all those rules. There's 613 meets vote. The only, the, only the, the number that non-Jews need to follow, essentially, are the Noahide laws, which are only seven. So it's, it's a unique audience and a unique message. It's not meant for everybody. So for a Christian or anybody else to take that and, and think that they should be following that, it's not, it really doesn't follow even the way as Jews we follow. So Mark, you don't believe that God sent uh, the Israel to go kill those other nations because they didn't follow the Torah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Hey, Nick, hey, do you I, agree with wait. that? No, hang yes. hang on. I think wait wait hang on. I, I think there's a lot of things. Uh, okay, okay, Mark. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, when I'm saying like, yeah, I'm not saying these other nations like Pharaoh and the Amalekites or all these people. Um, when I say they, they certainly knew about the God of Israel. I'm not saying they knew about the God of Israel and they were bound by the 613 laws of Moses. No one thinks that. Um, but they certainly knew of the God of Israel, just like the Israelites knew of Moloch and Baal and all these other gods. Um, doesn't mean they follow him. They could have, and oftentimes they went away and forsook the God of Israel to do it for a time. But just the same, these people who knew, uh, who worshipped Baal and Moloch, they could have followed the God of Israel. They could have came and followed the Noahide laws, but they didn't. And then uh, one more thing. Are you talk, do, are you confused um, um, about Hosea? Like, this is the Lord's judgment on Israel. So the people who knew God and were following God. It's not like God sent these people who uh, sent his people, Israel, to do this to other people, um, at least for the Hosea part that we're talking about. Supposedly, this was done to the people of Israel. This was done to the people the Noah, the, the Mosaic covenant was given to. Are you confused? Do you think like God is saying, but sending what, his what, people what, out to do this to God other people, to the Israel people? What you're just saying about the killing of their babies and all this other stuff that happened to God's people. That wasn't God telling them to go do it to other people. Where? This was his... Hosea! The Where thing you Hosea? said you were talking... <gasps> Hosea 13. Oh my gosh, we're done. Hosea 13. It's God's judgment on Israel. So the Israelites, God's people, this is his judgment up yeah, on them. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I'm agreeing with that. So I'm saying like when God... You were talking about Exodus. When God hardened Pharaoh's heart... <laughs> Pharaoh wasn't doing something wrong to kill Jews, for example, or whatever, you know, all the things that he was doing. That wasn't necessarily a sin. It was actually helped out by God. God wanted that to happen. So, of course, it wasn't like God wanted Pharaoh to convert to Judaism, follow Hashem. This is part of the world. And the Jews are, we're a small, tiny nation. We're meant to be a small, tiny nation. We're, we don't proselytize. I like I'm a Jew, I wouldn't want one person on this app to convert to Judaism. That would be against my faith. It's not for everybody. Everybody has a purpose. Every religion has a unique purpose. So for sure, the Jewish religion doesn't really judge 
others outside of Judaism on the same standards that it does itself, which I think uh, yeah. maybe we agree on that, I think. Well, I think we agree on a lot, except maybe the, you know, the Pharaoh wasn't held accountable for doing evil. Um, but, but the other stuff, no, I wasn't speaking to you. I think we're on the same page on that. I was talking to, to Tightcaster. Like, I think, I think this whole time we've been talking about Hosea 13, and I think he was, he was saying, like, it's bad because God commanded his people to go do this to people that have never heard about God, and that was bad because they never heard about God. And I was just now trying to point out if that's what he thought this whole time. Because Hosea 13 is talking about God's judgment on his people. So I, I was agreeing with you, Mark. Yeah, I, except for the favorite thing. On his people. What, what about equal? What did you say? No, the no. Title, he, said, the, he says. So if you're, reading this, if you're reading this in the ESV version, like it has a, a title cap on the, the top of the paragraph or the top of the chapter. The Lord's relentless judgment on Israel. Like it even spells it out for you. So if you're reading a translation that doesn't have that caption, maybe that's the confusion. But this is this is happening to Israel, not Israel is. And I mean, to be clear, I mean, you know, like you're talking about Saul and stuff earlier, like earlier, like there are times where God does send his people out to like, you know, completely wipe people off the face of the earth. But this specific passage that we're talking about is not one of those times. This is when God is judging his people. I'll give you a few minutes to process that. Um, Michael, I don't think I've heard you speak, and I actually only have a couple minutes left, but did you want to say anything, Michael, about anything? Oh, man, I just, there was two questions I kind of had. Um, my first question was whether y'all believe in the Trinity, and the second one was whether you guys believe that Muslims are going to hell and why. That's something I was sort of debating in my uh, Trinity, yes. Muslims going to hell, yes. They don't put their faith in Christ to save them, recognize Christ as the Messiah. Um, so yes, um, and it's not just Muslims, they're not special. It's anyone that does not follow Christ, repent and believe the gospel um, and is born again, like Christ says, anyone who doesn't do that is going to hell. And, you know, if people want me to lie to them, um, well, I'm not going to do that uh, to make them feel better. But, you know, if they want my honest opinion, that's what I think. Nate, I appreciate your honesty. That's really nice. And, but, and just... For what it's worth, Jew, uh, Jews were the exact opposite. Of course, no on the Trinity, and and but also no on going to hell. Absolutely not. Any any non-Jew could be even more righteous than a Jew if they just are righteous people and follow some of the simple, very simplest of of rules of being kind to each other. And I'm reading. I'm Do you have a response reading. to that, Michael? Um, I, I didn't necessarily have an opinion on it. I don't know where I stand on the Trinity. Like, I don't necessarily believe in it the way that the, like, most Christians do, because I don't really see that, the Nicene sort of perspective of the Trinity. But, um, I, I think I was sort of debating whether Muslims would be going to hell. Um, they believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They don't believe in Jesus the same way that we necessarily do. But um, I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that somebody that's righteous, that believes in God, believes Jesus is the Messiah, is going to hell. I don't know. Well, they mean different things by Messiah. I mean, you know, for example, they don't. I mean, they don't believe Christ was crucified, like you know, because they believe you can't kill a god. So you know, they they believe like uh, Allah cleverly disguised um, disguised Jesus and let him walk out, and someone else died in his place, one of his faithful disciples. Or uh, they all somehow got away, and it was just like a, a phantasm on the cross. So they don't believe Jesus died. 
And, you know, the Bible tells us, like uh, Jesus says, my blood is going to be shed and poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. Um, and he says, you know, I'm going to die and I lay my life down. I have the power to pick it up again. And then Jesus resurrects, comes back, ascends to heaven. And they don't believe any of this because they believe Jesus never died on the cross, which is the crux of Christianity. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, under the Christian paradigm, they don't believe the very few things Jesus says you must believe to have eternal life. Does he, does he say that we have to believe that he died to get into heaven? Like I just said, uh, you know, he predicts his death and he says, my blood is going to be poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. So if they don't believe his blood was poured out, how can they be forgiven? Um, That's interesting. Like, I I'm still studying and I, I understand what you're saying. Definitely. Not that I'm disagreeing. I'm just sort of pressing <laughs> so I could, just so I could think it through. Um, so Jesus died for the forgiveness of the world. <clears throat> So people have to believe that he died to be forgiven. Well, yeah. And I mean, the Bible talks about whether, you know, if there's no, there is no forgiveness where there is no blood. So for whatever reason, blood is the currency God cho chooses. But, you know, people think because it's the, the life force is in the blood, you can't live without blood. So for whatever reason, blood is the currency. So, yes, it, Jesus' death is ultimately important. Um but like, um, yeah, no... should be noted if, if... that this is the traditionalist view, and there are tens of millions of us liberal Christians who don't believe in such barbaric things. So you don't believe Jesus died either? I mean, I I know we don't. No, no, we Christian, we I mean, believe. I didn't know in... you didn't believe that either. No, we believe that when Jesus says, uh, uh, "I want mercy, not sacrifice," we believe God doesn't want any sacrifice; He doesn't need them, etc. And that Jesus's death wasn't a sacrifice to God. Well, Jesus says God. I'm sure you don't believe that either. But yeah, Michael, you're on. Yeah, so. You're, mm -hmm. Well, just to set the difference, because, you know, you ask 10 people, you'll get, like, different answers depending who you talk to. But, I mean, Zelini did say it. So, you know, he identified my view as the traditionalist Christian view. So, yes, if, if you want the orthodox, more literal, biblical, traditional view, that's what I'll give you. If you want something that traditional orthodox Christianity would call heresy, um, talk to him, but anyway, so that's what you get. That's the perspectives we're coming from. So I'm definitely orthodox, traditional Christian. So that's that's the view I'm coming there, from. There, Michael, there's going to be nuances there too. So like among, I, I don't want to shut you down completely, Zelini. I like people to be able to have discourse, except my time is very very limited, and I just want to like get through his questions. Okay, so I was thinking like, if let's say let's say there was a sacrifice that was that was done for Israel. Let's say Israel sinned and one of the prophets made a sacrifice. I don't I don't see why somebody would have to believe that the sacrifice was made for for the forgiveness of Israel. Like if somebody within Israel didn't believe that it happened, his his sins are still forgiven because the sacrifice was already made. Why does somebody have to believe something happened for the effects of that thing to be on them. I'm That's a good question. I don't know if you know Nate, you're on mute. 
if you're answering. Oh gosh, I was on mute. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I would say that, I mean, that's the crux. Like Jesus is the crux. Did you hear about the Romans nine and 10 part? Maybe I was on mute, but no, I believe yeah, like the Bible talks the about time. Romans. Wonderful. Well, thanks for letting me know. But Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess Jesus as Lord, uh, you will be saved. I believe that. And between that three Abrahamic religions, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, like people like to point out the similarities and how, how many things are similar, like some things about morality, some things about some views even about God. But the, the thing that divides us all is ultimately what's your position on Jesus? That's the, the ultimate crux of all three religions. And that that is the difference between them, the ultimate difference. So for Christianity, we believe the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Um, that's the answer. And for those that don't believe that, well, that's the chief reason they're not Christians. Okay. Um, I just need to object to one thing that you said there. Jesus is not the crux of all three religions. Jesus might be Christians um, believe is the most significant about other religions that being that we don't believe in him but don't don't say that jesus or not jesus is the crux of all three religions okay fine i don't want to quibble about words like the, the most important thing or no the most important <laughs> division not, that'll be the last i'm sorry okay um take what you know about christianity how jesus is what christians would consider the ultimate thing you know the ultimate key to the mystery of the universe and everything and use your own acceptable words to rewrite that however you want. So he's the chief dividing factor between Islam for sure, because they believe everything about Jesus except his crucifixion and that he's God and, and all that. So like a lot of things we're very similar on. So use use that and put whatever words you like to make it appeasing to you and then say that. Like th this is not supposed to be a point of contention. Okay. Okay. Just that's that's all I'm saying is that Jesus is completely irrelevant to Jews. You might think that it's very important that Jews don't believe in Jesus. We don't see it from that perspective. Okay. That's all. Okay, great. Then I'll say it's from the Christian perspective. So maybe I should have said that. How's that? So from the Christian Perfect. perspective. Okay, great. So from the Christian perspective, everything I just said. That's how we see it. We see Jesus as the ultimate dividing point between the Abrahamic religions from the Christian viewpoint. All right, we're all friends now. Yay. But, but why? Go what, why? What if you never knew Jesus? What if like you're like some native in some land, never, never knew Jesus, never was told about Jesus? What's the, what's the perspective on that? Well, ultimately, God's to, the judge. Yeah, they're going to hell, according well, to well, Christianity. They're going to hell. Hey, hang on. So I don't know about this dude speaking for all Christians. Um, maybe he says he used to be one or something because he went to church sometime. But I'd say, you know, the Bible doesn't give a whole lot of information. The Bible says, you know, when Jesus makes the claim uh, that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, and then people will read into that, I think, you know, perhaps rightly so, perhaps a little, a little not, but they will say, well, that means you need to know Jesus in perfect English, and you need to know that word, otherwise you're not saved, when, in fact, you know, Jesus says the only way you get to heaven is through him. So how, how does that work for people that never know him? Uh, was that because even God knows if they were presented uh, with Jesus, uh, just like many of the Pharisees were, who had Jesus doing empirical, testable, repeatable things right in front of them, 
uh, they couldn't deny those works. So instead, they just said he was using the power of Satan, the power of Beelzebub to do these miracles. So perhaps for some of these tribes, uh, God knows, well, you know, even if Jesus was right in front of them, they would never believe. So, you know, they're damned anyways because they're never going to believe and it doesn't need Jesus in front of them. God already knows that. Or for perhaps the people who God knows will believe, um, that's when you find missionaries that all of a sudden, um, you know, will find their way to their, you know, find their way to their village or, you know, a track falls out of an a helicopter um, and they're able to like decipher it and read it and learn about Jesus that way. So there's all kinds, there are all, all kinds of things and we just don't know what we don't know. But ultimately, Jesus is the only way. So if these people are meant uh, to find Jesus, they will find Jesus. Otherwise, it could be like it wouldn't matter if Jesus was around them himself or if there were churches on every corner of their village, they will never believe. I would say that. I mean, are, are you a Calvinist? Heck no. That's basically Calvinism. I mean, I mean well, you can't just say, I mean, Calvinism also believe in the Trinity. You can't say that's a Calvinist yeah. point. I mean, Calvinists have, the, you know, there's some overlap. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah I, but, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just saying, you're, it sounds like you're saying that there are certain people that God has chosen to be saved regardless of what happens. I didn't say happens. that. That's what, what I didn't say that. That's what he said. You, you That's said, what he said. Yes. You said. I, I said that. there are. I said there are people. Who, God knows everything, right? No one. No one's disputing that. I mean, no one here is disputing that. I believe God knows everything. That doesn't. That you're doing like what we just talked about. God is evil. Wow. That whole previous conversation. People are reading into things. So what I said is God knows all things. God knows everyone who is going to be saved and who is not going to be saved. I never said anything about God forcing some to be saved and passing over others. I never said any of that. You guys read right into that. I just said God knows what's going to happen. Wait a second. Okay. Let me I didn't ask even the other atheists. That, that... Hey, other atheists, is, is, Cal, is uh, Nate uh, slowly becoming a Calvinist? I think he – I mean, you said those – I'm going to try to quote you verbatim. Those that needs to know Jesus will ultimately find their way to Jesus, and those – whether they had a, the people who does not accept Jesus, whether they had a church there, whether they had Jesus himself there, they were never going to accept Jesus. Yeah, I said that. That's that has nothing to do with God. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. That, that has nothing to do with God forcing it. That just says God knows. Like, uh, you know what Calvinism What's the is, difference? Right? Between God forcing people and God not, between God gra grabbing someone with I've a never, chain I've never heard a and Calvinist, dragging, and, okay, I'm just saying this. I don't know, but I've never heard a Calvinist say that they were forced. They call it uh, irresistible grace. They call it whatever, but they're not saying. Oh, they are God saying it's forced. forced. No, it's forced. If God, it's if God knew who he was sending to hell. Okay, beforehand, if if that's what then he was just making saying. people to go to hell. Compulsion's forced. Oh, then, then, okay, if you want to say that, then that's what Nate is saying when he says those that need to know Jesus will ultimately find their way to Jesus. They had the compulsion. No, the, this is like this. It, dude, this, okay, this, by the way, uh, let me address this real quick. This is, okay, I, I think I have to put you on a timeout. That you're doing the same thing you did in Hosea 13. We talked for about an hour and you kept saying it didn't make sense. And it was only an hour later. Um, I didn't say that. I mentioned, I, I, hang on, I meant it was only an hour later when I said, dude, this whole time you've been thinking that Hosea is talking about God sending his people out to murder a bunch of people that never heard of God. How is that fair or right or make sense? And I'm said, no, Hosea 13 is about God enacting judgment 
on his people, and you didn't get that. And then you just started to say when we were switching topics that you didn't see it or you didn't understand it. And I'm just sitting here reading, like start at verse 5. I am the Lord your God from the land of Egypt. You know uh, you know, no God but me, and besides, there is no Savior. And he goes on to say, I knew you in the wilderness, the land, and the drought, but when you grazed, they became full. And then he says, but I'm like a lion. You forgot me, and your heart uh, uh, they were filled, and your heart was lifted up. Therefore, you forgot me, and I'm like a lion, and I will lurk and you know destroy you, et cetera, et cetera, and I will tear open their breasts, and I will devour them. This is judgment on Israel. And you said you still didn't understand that, and I'm just reading it. So if you just read from 1 to 14, you're going to see very quickly this is God's judgment on Israel. And now you're doing the same thing talking no. about I'm a Calvinist. Now you're doing the same thing talking about I'm a Calvinist because I said God knows who is going to end up being saved and not. That has nothing to do. If I was a Calvinist, I would say, you know, God will will drag some people to his saving knowledge. Um, and, you know, they're they're going to essentially be powerless to resist it. That's irresistible grace. And Chris would say the same thing. And others, he will pass over, which is a nice Calvinist way of saying God's going to basically damn people to hell. Um, but I didn't say any of that. You're totally reading into that. And I don't know if um, I'd say repent, believe the gospel. And um, you're very confused. And uh, there's a lot there, but there's those two different things. I never said you being a Calvinist doesn't make sense. I never said that. And if you want to address Hosea, this is the part that's missing in Hosea. And then when God said all these things, the prophets rose up and then killed Israel and then smashed their babies upon rocks. And then the, whoever was the king at the time was killed. That's not present in Hosea. And if you continue reading, but after where you stop, God tells him, so repent and follow me. Don't, don't, don't do these things. Follow the Lord God, your God, you know, believe in me, right? This is God just being angry at Israel. What I was speaking about was where God did not give, and I think you understood what I mean when I said this, God did not give that option to other people. He didn't even reveal himself to other people. He told Israel, go kill them, kill their babies, kill their crops, kill, slaughter all their animals. And he never said, but if you go there and they say, wait, 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 we believe, stop. He never said that. He never told, he, God didn't have his anger against the Amalekites and then give, give that same poetic phrase. Amalekite. He didn't do that. Well, you said a lot there. First of all, I ask if you're talking about like maybe Saul or when the other time, one of the other times when God actually does say that, and and you're I mean maybe you meant that, but you but you kept going back to Hosea. So we can talk about those other times. And first of all, I said it was just foolish to think, and I, my time really is running down. But I said it was foolish to think that these people, like you know, it's like they're about to wage war on these people and go wipe them off the face of the earth, right? Because God commands it. Even the animals, poor little animals, bah, gotta die. Well, right when they get up there to do war. You're saying it's not right that they didn't like say, okay, we're about to fight you to the death now. Here's your one chance to turn and repent. It, that's what it sounds like you're saying. And I'm saying they already had these chances. They knew about God. It's not like they didn't have any any um, exchanges previously with the people of Israel. They knew their God and they had their own gods. So if they wanted to repent and follow the God of Israel, they certainly knew that these Israelites believed in him and followed a different God. They could have done that anytime they wanted to, but they didn't. So I'm saying there is no need to get ready for war and then be like, okay, this is really, really, really your extra last chance. That's like when a mother like counts down from like, you know, they'll like count down from like five for a kid to like do something. They're like, okay, five, four and then they start running out of numbers and they're like one okay uh 70.75 okay uh 0.5 it's like how many chances you're gonna get so i, I just think that's like nonsense. 77 like, times well, seven they... 
That's one, right? Now, now here's here's my point. When, when when addressing everything you said, the Book of Hosea is not an early book; it's a later book. This is after Israel has already rebelled multiple. I think King Solomon already happened. I think God has already left His temple. God has already done multiple things, and that's I think you're making my point for me. But we could agree to disagree. Chronology start, is irrelevant. Huh? Chronology is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Again, what order if you're saying in. if you're saying that the other people have plenty of time. They have plenty of chances to repent against, uh, I mean, to repent. They have plenty of chances. Then why is God giving the chance to Israel again in Hosea? That's all God ever does with Israel. It just gives them chances after chances after chances. Well, I'm, you can okay. say that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, Go ahead. Well, you, I mean, you can say that's why they're his chosen people, because, you know, the lynch of Christ is coming through that. So maybe it's more than just, hey, you know, these Israelites, you know, I, I extra, extra like them, and I'm going to give them extra chances if these other guys are on a short leash. Um, or... You could say it's because, you know, these are sworn enemies of Israel and they're constantly, you know, not unlike people today who say they're going to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Just saying. Um, but so what would have happened? Like if, if some of these people, if they would have left people alive, we talked about the, you know, worse ways than death. And, and I don't care. Right. So ultimately, I don't need to defend the God of Israel. If he was like, hey, you know what? Um, I'm God. I want to kill babies for fun. Go do this. I'd be like, well, yep. Um, no, no reason to justify that. Yep. He wants babies to die. Um, for fun, I guess. The only reason I'm defending it is because that's not actually how it happens. There's always a reason. And it's like, you know, atheists will use this argument against us. It's like, well, um, when it when it suits them. So they'll say, like, you know, for the greater good, for the greater good. For all we know, since the lineage of Christ comes through the Israelites, um, it's for right. the greater good. Is so, it always a so, good hang reason? On, hang on. Well, for the greater good, right? So what if these Amalekites or Moabites or any of the other ites that wanted to, like, destroy Israel forever um, – what if they would have let some of them live or even the little bitty babies? You know what happens to little bitty babies whose parents are murdered in war? Um, they're probably not going to be reasoned with. You're probably not going to be able to tell little, you know, baby Amalekite Timmy or whatever the name is um, that, hey, you know, your mother and father, you know, they hated uh, these Israelites. And, you know, so the Israelites really had to had to slaughter them before they were slaughtered. Um, this kid is not going to want to hear any of that. They're going to be like, oh, you killed my parents. You know, my name is Nigmatoya. You prepared, killed my father, prepared to die. They're going to do some of that stuff. They're going to have lifelong vengeance. It is not far-fetched to think that at all. So if what, for the greater good, um, all these people had to die to completely be wiped out because if they weren't, and just one person, the right little Amalekite baby, grew up and had a vengeance and got a band of people together, came and killed just the right Israelites, and then that interfered with the line of Jesus eventually coming through the line of David. So then instead of having a tribe of Amalekites wiped off the face of the earth, all 110 billion people to have ever lived on planet earth, you would have billions upon billions of people damned for hell for eternity for that. So, so I would like to use the atheist – well, in closing, I would like to co-opt the atheist argument for a moment and say for the greater good. Uh, go so, ahead but, and respond and then I'm going to have to – so this is what I was going to say is I feel like this conversation is not going to go anywhere because you're going to take the privilege I don't have. You get to add all these things into scripture. You get to add all these hypotheses, you know, whatever. Hypotheticals. I can't even. Yeah. Would you want to add on to the scripture? Right. And if I do that, if I say certain things, you're going to tell me, no, no, no. Scripture, quote unquote, does not say that. So I think that's the power you Christian as a Christian have that I don't have. Uh, no. Just, well, well, no. Um. I'm not interpreting, we're not interpreting scripture at all. The scripture, we read it as it's written. That's what we've been doing all day. What we're doing, or what you're doing, is saying how it's not fair and it's not right because of your reasons. So the thing you say I'm not letting you do, you literally have been doing all morning. So And that's fine. 
because you know you're not reading scripture just as it's well we both read the scripture just as it's written but then we're we're extrapolating on it and we're throwing out hypotheticals because we're not god and we're not ancient israelites we don't know what happened so you're positing from the negative from the glass half full god is evil um that's not right god is mean and i'm saying okay well if you're going to posit hypotheticals that make god mean for your case well, here's a couple things that, you know, could be acceptable and could paint God as a glass half full guy. Um, so, you know, instead of just throwing out bad hypotheticals, why don't I throw out some good hypotheticals? We have no idea which one is true or whichever one is most true, how true it is. So we're doing the exact same thing and there's nothing wrong with it. That's it. So if the Bible is silent, we should generally be silent. But since this is the topic on the table, um, the scripture is God's judgment on Israel. And he says, don't do these things or these bad things are going to happen. They did these bad things and these bad things happened. So God said, God delivered. Um, I said earlier, and, though, and, that, and then we've been talking about hypotheticals ever since. I said earlier that this isn't there's a difference. I said there's earlier that this isn't about good or bad to me. It just doesn't make sense. It's not about God being mean. It's not about none of that. It just doesn't make sense in relation to the idea of original sin. That's what I said. And the, when you're talking about hypotheticals. What you're doing specifically is you're creating a narrative. You're saying that they knew God. You're saying that they had chances. You're, I never did anything. I stuck to what scripture said. I didn't add into the story. I didn't remove from the story. I didn't detract. You, as far as I'm concerned, is when it comes to the other people, you're giving an argument that's not presently there in scripture by hypothetically saying this may have happened. But you cannot find in scripture where it did. You cannot find a scripture where it what, says... What? Can I throw this out real quick? Nate, not too long ago, you justified killing babies in the name of God because it was the right thing to do. Because well, I mean, you probably justified killing babies in the name up, of pro-choice. If one of them rose up against Christ or against Christianity, then it wouldn't have been able to flourish. But you, I mean, you straight up justified killing babies in the name of God. I, I don't So what Wait, is... So well, yeah, so I'd say, hang on, let me see if I can think of the other guy first. Tightcaster. So you keep saying I'm doing all these things, which you're doing, except I'm not denying them. It's like you're saying I'm doing hypotheticals, which is somehow bad. And I'm saying, no, no, we're talking about scripture, but I'm giving you some hypotheticals to consider because you keep saying nothing makes sense. So I'm trying my darndest to help you make sense because I, I don't know why you're not getting it, but it, it doesn't matter at this point. Um and one more thing that makes sense is the whole thing you say doesn't make sense hinges on original sin and the righteousness of each person. And I'm saying, what if original sin and the specific righteousness of each person is irrelevant to this topic? What if it's something like a hypothetical, like, you know, to not mess with the lineage of the Messiah that's coming through the line of David? What if that's the reason and your original sin premise is invalid and is wrong? then it can make a lot more sense when you don't focus on, oh, well, these people had this chance to know about God and these people didn't, so it doesn't make sense. What if that's wholly irrelevant and what makes sense is to preserve the lineage of Christ? Um, and to your point, uh, was it hellish? Um, and then I, I, I mean, I'll give you like two seconds to respond, but then I have to run. Um, sure. So one, um, Nate straight up justified the murder of babies. Uh, well, from, sure, whatever, uh, make, a, make a meme about that. Maybe I'll post it. But really, you could say God is pro-choice um, or you'd be a hypocrite to say um, if someone is pro-choice and, you know, abortion in the name of 
making the mother feel fine or, you know, to the mother's whims is fine. But when God does it to preserve, I don't know, billions of eternal souls, um, God is evil, but mom's doing it because, you know, they're not ready for a baby. That's fine. That would be the height of hypocrisy. Um, and then ultimately, um, God can do whatever he wants. So instead of like God seeing these, these like little emotional babies as like, you know, in utero or like two months, three months old, little baby newborns from God's perspective, he knows their whole life. These may as well be like a hundred year old, like sages from God's view. He knows everything they're ever going to do, everything they're ever going to be. So if you have an emotional appeal, uh, because it's a little baby, um, I have that same appeal for everyone. All life is life. All life is sacred. All life is precious. And the only one who has the power to judge anyone and do anything is the one who created them. So if so God says... So you're confirming that God created people just to go to hell because he knows their whole life. He knows every action they'll ever make. He knows they're going to go to hell and he created them anyway and then is sending them to hell. That is not somebody worth... Devoting your life. Hell, yes. you okay, great. So, at all. so before impugning Christian doctrine, maybe you should read up on it a little bit. Please. I, I and know. in I the worst the case scenario, Bible. I read the Book of Mormon. I. I still don't tell, read wait, wait. Cool. Tell us how you read the Quran too. Did you read the Quran? All of them. Tell us how you read those. Did you read some hadiths? Like scholarship and reading doesn't matter. Like look, like Jesus, Jesus talks about this over and over in Isaiah. He recalls back to the prophecy in Isaiah how you know. What you just said, uh, people having eyes, they're not going to be able to see and having ears, they're not going to be able to hear. So whenever you say how much you've read and maybe how many conversations you've had with Internet Christians, um, I would say you're just a fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah. I mean, it was given to Israelites, but I mean, you know, you're not too far from the mark. Um, but the worst case scenario, and then I have to run, I have to go, is Joshua 24, people who, you know, were grumbling about God. Um, he finally stops everyone. They're crossing a water and he says, look, um, if you'd rather serve the gods of your ancestors, or if it seems evil for you to serve God, then, you know, do what you want. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So under the Christian paradigm, whether you believe it or not, the Christian understanding is God is all these good, loving attributes. He does have divine retribution, vengeance, jealousy, um, anger, and all these things. And he judge, uh, He will judge. So people are going to get what's coming to him. Um, under the Christian paradigm, Amen. that is it. But God is good. Uh, you know, it's like this loving father. If you fall in line and follow Christ, follow God, then you're given the right to be adopted as a son or daughter of God. And you're cool with God. Um, if you're not, then it's not like God loves all people. It's not like we're all God's children. God's children are God's children. So if you're not confessing Christ and willing to uh, think that God, A, exists and B, is not a moral monster, um, then you are called enemies of God and your father is the devil. So um, there's no reason to think that God is going to be super cool with people whose father is the devil, like the ultimate villain in the Christian paradigm. So I, I would just say that. So, you know, we have our feelings about God. I think it's very evident in scripture, but if it seems evil for you to serve this God, then, you know, maybe serve Satan if he seems less evil than God. Um, yeah, but I, I really have to run. I'll take care of everyone. Be back Nate, tomorrow. We love you, Nate. Nate. Thanks for talking, man. I.